Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're back, all three of us, in the rugby dungeon, no TMO shipping containers required. They've gone back to delivering, what are they delivering this week? Semiconductors, Yeah, the wafers for semiconductors. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, uh, thank you very much for listening, JB. How are you doing? Very well, Tim. How are you? Yeah, I'm, now I can see your nanos in, in person. They're very uh, what, nice. What these nano 12s? Let's not talk about them. Also wearing some very nice new shoes. Yeah, by what, look of it, Phil. What are those? Phil? These old things. Are these your new running shoes? These are not running shoes. These are uh, some New Balance fashion they're, they're, they're trainers, very fashion sneakers. They are aren't incredibly they? aggressive soles. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to think about them. Really, you could. You what, could. What could you do with them? It's like part crampon, isn't it? You could. <laughs> it like, is. You've yeah. got an Arctic expedition <laughs> in them. It's impressive. Anyway, how are you, Phil? Very good, thank you, Tim. Good, good, good. Um, well, just firstly, announcement to make. Um, we have rejected uh, an offer, a hostile takeover offer of the Egg Chasers podcast from um, an unnamed billionaire. Yeah. We offered him a place on the board. Wasn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't having any of it. So it's just the three of us and you. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, you can find us, well, wherever you get your podcasts. In one way, you can thank us for having a podcast for you. Every single Monday, and we had one there this mo- uh, yesterday morning, and here we are on Easter Monday recording this, uh, Tuesday this week. Um, you can thank us by subscribing, by leaving a five-star review, by going to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. And you, all your correspondents welcome at contacteggchasers at gmail.com. And through the podcast, uh, I will pepper in some of the emails because uh, there's some good discussion well, points. I'll mention another podcast today, actually. Um my friends over over at the Thistle uh, podcast who deal with Scottish rugby, if that's your thing. In fact, it's the only podcast that deals with Scottish rugby that's worth listening to. But they asked me, um, where's your patron? Why don't you plug it anymore? And the answer is, we don't, because we forget. But we do have a patron. And not only that, we've got two podcasts which we've already recorded to put on the patron. So well, you think you haven't put up? <laughs> haven't put up. Oh, wow. So here's the, here's the thing, right? We're not leaving this room today until you watch me put them up. I know okay. that's kind of a bit of a drag on your time, but still. Fine, at least it will happen. Yeah. Well, back to back. One about Russell Earnshaw, and the other one is about... Uh, yeah. It wasn't a premeditated Russell Earnshaw, but no, it was... Russell Earnshaw was the name uh, we pulled slash, out of the rugby match. Uh, slash yes. uh, coaching methods in rugby. Yeah. Yes. And the other one was... It was... Hmm. Oh, I can't remember now. Was it the, the, the women's coach? Simon Middleton. 
Did we, we pull we his did, name out? We did pull his name out at one point. Whether that's the one to go up, I can't well, remember. I, 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 I guess, think it probably I guess is. Maybe we should leave it as a as a um, tease. Yeah. A tease, yeah. Sign up to Patreon to find out what the other. Yeah, and what we were talking about because I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but obviously, we're just coming off the back of a, an amazing European weekend, and I'm going to start with that question that I that I asked last week. Now we've seen both legs of this for the first time ever, two legged affair. Would you keep this format for next season? Yay or nay? Yes, one hundred percent. I actually would keep this. Well, that's a bit of a turnaround, that, it's isn't a, it? A yeah, one hundred percent turnaround. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was more neutral than than you two initially, but I would keep it. And I was, I was thinking as well because it, it allows you to get the an extra round of home and away games in, um, which is it is actually quite important because these games, most of them were sellouts. I, I'd be surprised if any of them were significantly under capacity. Um, and that is very important at this moment in time for all rugby clubs up and down yeah, the true. well, up and down the world. The, the flip side is the it's the yin and the yang. Unfortunately, the pool stage I think was pool rub- stage has got pool, to go back to pool, normal. You have rub- to do rubbish. Some, well, you have to do something different with the pool stage. This the two pool format is just nonsense because you have no idea what's going yeah. on at any stage until it's explained to you right at the end. So, but That's that, that would mean extra games. Well, I think you've got you've got to do a. It might be eight pools of three to square the games okay. in the some, but <clears throat> something needs to be done to get fewer pool games, but pools that actually make sense. Okay, yeah, I, I'm 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 up for that. I, I would be up for that in that context. I don't like the pool stage and the the two legged affair was the compromise because of a flawed pool stage. If you can get both together, I'm I'm up for that. The one the only the only other thing that concerns me in terms of format and this competition. Oh, when you look at it from a bird's eye point of view, is hearing noises about top eight qualifying for Champions Cup, which would be farcical. It'd be farcical, but I guess if you've got a format that you like, including the home and away aggregate game, which I think has to be a fixture. No, it, it just dilutes the quality. It does. It does the but then it's, can you make the numbers work without it? Because yeah. Yeah. then it's, it's either... It doesn't have to be this, but you're kind of at 16 or 24. Why don't you just I mean, go to top 13? And dispense with the Premiership. Just have one competition. <laughs> well, the, the problem is, in the pool stages, it would naturally be seeded. So you might end up with Leinster playing home and away against who's eighth in the Premiership. Like, uh, whoever it is. Uh, Usually Northampton. London, yeah, I- London Irish. London Irish or Northampton or one of those teams. Well, I mean, every Premiership club's decent. But you would get some total mismatches in yeah. the pool stage. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... We'll work that one out. But yes, the, the the format threw up in a way that I didn't expect. It threw up some incredible mat, uh, matchups, very tight finishes with lots on the line. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about why this works. I don't think it'd work. I don't think rugby is suited to this format of game. I don't, th- I don't think that now at all. In fact, thinking back about it, it's more suited. Because with football, you know, if you have the away goals or whatnot like they used to... It, the goals are sort of very binary. They obviously, you know, they only come in in ones. But with rugby, because of the multiple ways that you can score, it just changes the picture con- con- completely. And it also means that teams come out and attack. So you saw uh, Claremont doing everything that they could to score tries. I mean, they didn't, but they did try. Uh, Stade Francais tried their little socks off 
Uh, and they, they made that game more interesting. That was one of the games that we thought was done and dusted. Yeah, they made it more interesting at the, at the start. Although obviously the red card, yeah, um, for sixty minutes, concluded it was a it. phenomenal game. Yeah, and Stafford said at one point, I think had they either went ahead in the tie or they were two within, po- within a point. Yeah. Yeah. So it was bloody close. But it, the point scoring is an interesting one because and no tie um, demonstrates it more than the Munster Exeter tie. Mm. That was three tries all, but Munster won the tie comfortably yeah. because they took their penalties and Exeter through um, optimism, confidence, hubris, call it what you want, they turned down, I don't know, I don't know the number, but they, they turned down more than enough pen- kickable penalties that had they kicked them every time, they would have won the tie. Yeah. I also, I think it really magnifies the better team in these in, in this sort of fixture. Because you get, obviously there's two chances to see the same game and you know, the score it, score is ag- aggregated. But where a team has an advantage over, over another team, it really starts to show through. And you get a real clarity of who is good, who's not, and why. Yeah, and we, we saw that like the the mismatches. There weren't really many. the The Leinster Connacht second leg was a mis, was a bit of a mismatch. Yeah, and both uh, legs of the Leicester Claremont game. Yeah, Leicester were just the the better team. Not not by an enormous. They're not by a chasm, mm. but they were ten fifteen points better. In both legs, they were comfortably better in both legs. The Claremont one was not Claremont. The Connaught one was particularly amusing, as the. I mean, how do you jeep your players without being offensive or jeeing up the opposition players? There's very few things that you can say. So you had to read between the lines of what Andy Friend was trying to tell his team and what is. I mean, he's got to convince his players that they are as good as Leinster, mm-hmm. and they're not. So how do you convince them? Are you going to lie to them? Are you going to say that they're really, really good? Or do you downplay how good Leinster are? And I think that's what he tried to do. So prior to the game, there's a lot of talk about, oh, they're only human. They're only human. Which is basically as far as you can go with your team talk without saying anything inflammatory towards Leinster, isn't it? You can't really, you can't go any further than that. They're not overrated. Is that what he's saying? They're overrated? Anyway, it didn't work out for him. Not quite. Not exactly. Not this week. They, they put in a very good performance last week. They did. This week was a step too far for them. And they're a good team. Uh, they you know, are. You watch them and they're a bloody good team. It's, they not, are. it's not like, you know, they didn't show up. They showed up, they threw everything at it, and Leinster are just Leinster, aren't they? Yeah, Connacht don't have 13 of the uh, starting 15 being internationals. Yeah. And that is one takeaway for the quarterfinals because I just feel sorry for the commentators with Leicester Leinster. That's they're gonna. That, that was gonna. What a classic tie, though. Yeah, it is a classic it tie. But that, that's gonna catch them out. So just call, just call Leinster Island for the purpose <laughs> of that game. <laughs> yeah. Tell well, you what, but blue team and green team. It, it, it's amazing what you can do with state-sponsored rugby. I mean, you really. I mean, if states are powerful enough to lock everyone in their houses for two years, they're certainly powerful enough to run four fran- <laughs> you know, four rugby franchises. And lo and behold, they're doing very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, English teams didn't fare so well. Oh. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I mean. Um, Sale did very, very well. <laughs> it was just good that we were guaranteed at least one English team. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was the two weakest English teams left in the competition. Uh, I, well, we'll talk about them when we get to them. I'm not full of praise for this performance. In fact, for this game, actually. Well, actually, it's quite an exciting I, I, game. It, so, let's, let's talk about it, because last week... Well, no, no, let's not. Okay, because, okay. Because, because it is. The, okay. the, 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 it's probably the two poorest teams 
Uh, as yes. a tie, it was the two poorest teams overall. That's not I, that's I not to disparage so. yep. Bristol and Sale. That's just I think, a statement yeah. of yep. objective fact. I'm I, not sure. So if, if you if you if you gave every team a score from one to sixteen and added a, a ranking and added them up together, the Sale Bristol would have the highest number. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I, I, so as a tie, it was the yeah the least. Compelling on paper. Uh, well, and, you, uh, and having watched okay. last week yes. as well. <laughs> so last week was dire. Last week was awful. Was this, dire. this game was entertaining. I, I, it's one but... of those. It's, it's, um, I think that was, that was the one tie where you would say neither team, whoever wins, is going to, is going to be a realistic challenger to win the title. No. Well, we've got a trip to La Défense Arena. Quite. <laughs> it's going to be pretty tough. Well, yeah. so well, or is it the La Defense Arena? It is. Oh no, it is. Yes. No, no, hold on. Because Munster aren't playing at Thoman Park because Ed Sheeran's there. Yeah. So they're going to have to shift to Dublin unless there's a GAA stadium or something in. No, I think it's confirmed at the Aviva. Oh, it is. Oh, I, okay. I, I believe so. Yeah. That's a shame. Um, but the other one is, um, I, th- I think there is another team that's that's missing out on a. Oh really? Or, or is it if Racing get to the semi final? Maybe it's semi-final. Maybe it's a semi-final. But yeah, I'm I'm certain it's been confirmed as the La Défense Arena. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. for, for sale to travel, which I wouldn't be putting much money on sale, to be honest. What? I think you're mad. <laughs> I tell you what, this really works out well for them. I think if there's a team that can take on the French teams physically and go over there and what about dish emotionally? Beating, eh? What about emotionally? Yeah, because well. it didn't it didn't work out too well last time they tried to outmuscle a French team <laughs> no, when they, they went to La Rochelle in a quarterfinal. <laughs> Sorry, let me be very clear on this because obviously you two do not know what you're talking about. They did not get outmuscled in La Rochelle; they got outemotioned. <laughs> now this is what this was a, this was their mistake last time round. This time they'll make no mistake; it will be physicality from the off. They, you can't outemotion a French team. <laughs> imagine trying imagine trying that trying that as your strategy. Let's outemotion the French. No, but they did have a neuroscientists in this week apparently have you heard this story yes uh, i saw this ne- not neuroscientist neuro uh, no, neuro neuropsychologist yeah what is the difference it was a it was careful oh sorry one's based on science and one's nonsense <laughs> one's more emotional <laughs> than science based yeah um well it worked whatever it, whatever it, did, it did it worked i mean it did it did be interesting to see if correlation is causation what? equals causation but Look, fine we've got phil here right oh. uh I hope we, we're we got, not going to talk about this. We've got Phil here. I was there, and Ugh. and it was the closest of the quarterfinal ties. 50 points to 49 over two legs. Let's talk about Ulster to lose. Oh, my brave boys. It's, how are you? How were you feeling, Phil? You know what? I said last week, if we'd have gone up with the 13-point lead, gone finished the game before that um, DuPont scored the last try then, yeah. um, last week... If we'd gone in with that, I think we would be 70, 30 or 80, 20 favourites. I said last week, with Toulouse getting that last seven points, only a six-point deficit and the way that they finished, they finished like a train last week. I thought they were going into this, even though Ulster had home advantage. I thought Toulouse were favourites. But you still, you, I still had the hope. And there were times in that game where Ulster scored some brilliant tries. The two McElroy tries were superb. Um... And they were defensively very good, set-piece very good. And you thought, maybe, maybe, maybe they can do it. Maybe Ulster can do it. 
but there was a sense of inevitability after that red card, wasn't there? There was a little bit, yeah. And I, I don't, I, I don't really have a problem with the red card. I mean, it's according to the laws, it is a red card. It is. It's a bit of a strange one because uh, it was Jalonge, wasn't it? Yeah. He kind of. I mean, he was out of control and torpedoes himself at um, Tom O'Toole, who was just basically stood there. Oh, I thought it should be two red cards. <coughs> well, it, not one it, red card. It, it could be. It might be with sighting panel wise. Yeah. With Rob Herring, wasn't it? I think it's, it's funny because Herring is the more illegal action because he makes no attempt to rap. He goes in with a, a tucked arm. Um, but because the force of Jalonch's torpedo has been taken out by the shoulder um, of Tom O'Toole, he doesn't, Herring doesn't actually hit him with that much force. Was it Jalonch? Yeah. yeah. Was it, did he not start Jalonch? I thought it started. Yeah, yeah. Open, open side. No, it's a, it's a replacement. No, I'm pretty certain it was Jalonch. I think it's a replacement. Doesn't matter who it was. Whoever it was, it was a large... Is a large French back row, large Toulouse man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, fine. We 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 basically knew. as soon as that gets um, cited to the TMO, you know what's happening. Yeah, you know you, you know it's going to be a red card. Well, there was force. It's contact to the head. So this one I'm thinking of did end up with a red card because of a second yellow card. But do you see the one um, the staff from say red card? Yeah, that is a straight red. That. I mean, I can't see... But they're not even talking about the thing which matters, which is the Stade Francais player's head smashes into the head of the Racing player. Even Benjamin Kaiser is saying, well, he's out cold there and his face is rubbing on the turf, which was pretty painful. But they're all talking about the shoulder into the back and the the lack of a wrap. It's like, this is not what you need to be talking about. The TMO did it, the BT Sports comms guys did it. That wasn't the infringement in my mind. It was the head-to-head which knocked Mm. him out. Mm. Nobody spoke about that. That was brutal. Absolutely brutal. horrible. I also think he scored, but that's a separate issue. Yeah, surely he was in touch. No, I I think he puts it down and sort of flops over the ball. I I Mm. actually think he scored. Anyway, Anyway, doesn't matter. Just just on this occasion, this was one of those times when um, the the sort of 10-year-old in me would just not believe what I was doing. (laughs) I, I watched the second half... In the Toulouse dugout, oh, awesome. wow. and, I, and I was I was thinking to myself as I was doing it, and you know Char- Charlie Fa- Farmoina came sat next to me, and I was thinking, my God, this is the most decorated club team in the history of the sport, the World Player of the Year on the field, the current European champions. And I'm I'm sat here, it was bonkers, and the atmosphere. I know you've been to Ravenhill, Phil, and yeah. you, you you've tasted what it's like there. It was. Unreal. The atmosphere sounded amazing from it was TV, but unbelievable. it can't do it justice. Well, no, I think it did do it justice. Actually, I think that that, that but it was just unbelievable. And I, I, I was, I was absolutely gutted. So yeah, you must have been. Yeah, it did. It did feel inevitable, but it was still tough to take. Yeah. Now, obviously, you got to speak to uh, Dan McFarland after the game, mm. and he said that um, he didn't. Pin it on the red card, nope. which which I agree with. A hundred percent. I don't think the red card changed the game at all. I think the momentum was already in that direction. But there were a couple of late decisions. Um, James Hume under the sticks. Uh, and there's one other. But there, there was, I remember watching it um, late on Saturday and just thinking, 
God, the, the fine mar- fine margins of those decisions. But then pulling myself back to the what we always say, which is if you don't do it in 80, you can't pick out yeah, a single exactly moment. Right. Um, and it was an intercepted try. And yeah, the intercepted it try. Was, it, was error, it was errors for two of Toulouse's tries. Yeah, yeah. The, the Toulouse tries are really interesting, aren't they? Because they just come from nothing. So if They're you look so at, dangerous. Yeah. If you look at who played the better rugby, who was the better rugby team, Ulster were a better rugby team by miles. They yeah. were more fluid, they were organised, they did everything. But the sheer talent that Toulouse can put on the field means all of a sudden you're in the three and sticks. Yeah. You can do all but, the right things. What, and, and Ulster did kind of, it was just, like you say, that last 5%. They did most, uh, even from last week to this week, last week the breakdown was an absolute mess. And mm. they tidied that up. They yeah. were so clean. Yeah. Generally, across the across the eighteen, and they managed to get a lot of a lot yeah. of pressure on. So I can't remember seeing any professional side make that many handling errors. And Phil, yeah. fair, fair play, you've been raving about James Hume for a long time now, and that guy's class. He, he is, is. He's a very class good operator. He's great defensively. He, he hits hard. He reads the game really well. His distribution's good. He's got a lovely outside break. He's just a quality, quality. Do you player. know, thinking about it, I'm just looking through the team sheet now of who had good games and who didn't. Robert Balakoon is basically missing most of the game, or marked out the game. Yeah, I, I think marked out the game, which which created more room for uh, Nathan McElroy, who was very good. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Looking at the rest of the backline, everyone had a good game. Like mm. everyone had a good game. I thought McCloskey was very very impactful because he offers something different. Yeah. Uh, when Mike Larry started getting into the game, he looks like a guy who's going to get picked up by a French team at some point. Unless I would give him more caps, I don't know why. I just feel he'd have a lot of success in well, France. Their backline, outside of the nine and ten, who they've brought in, John Cooney from. Well, they brought him in from Connacht, but, but he's, he was a, he's a Leinster, Leinster. yeah, mm. and Billy Burns from Gloucester, obviously. Yeah. Outside of that, they're all twenty-three or twenty-four or under. Yeah. Academy products. Well, Stuart McCloskey's an academy guy, a bit older, bit twenty-nine, thirty. Older, but yeah. The rest of them: McElroy, Lowry, uh, Balakoon, and and Hume. Yeah, young local lads, and then Rob Little and yeah. Doak on the bench, Marshall. and Marshall. Yeah. But Marshall's obviously not Luke Marshall's thirty something, thirties. Yes, thirties. Uh, whereas Little and Doak are both both young. I think Doak might even still be a teenager. And they have made massive strides, and hopefully they'll continue. I think Balakoon is in, in line for a test start. He's, on, on he's, got he's got to be. He's got to be like be. starting on merit as on one wing for Ireland. Yeah, he, I, I thought. And Lowry has closed the gap at fullback massively. Yeah, although Hugo Keenan is. Yeah, he was ace. He, he's been in brilliant form recently. He's he's gone from. I wasn't when he, when I first saw him for both Leinster and Ireland. I wasn't certain he would make it, and I think he has now nailed that Ireland fifteen shirt. Yeah, yeah. I think he's been brilliant the last twelve months or so. So yeah, Lowry. Um, might be a bit of a stretch. Um, but Lowry played well because he can play 10 as well. So he played well for the last 20 minutes or so when he, when he filled in at first receiver. Yeah. Um, so he, Lowry's the kind of guy you want in your squad because of his versatility as well. And he's mm. got a bit of X, X factor. But, uh, I think they, understandably and rightly, will be thinking that was an opportunity lost because it was in their hands and it, it was yeah. errors on their part that made it. Because Toulouse weren't at their normal level. And I spoke to Clement, mm. Clement Patrono after the game. And I just said, a lot of errors, Clement. You know, well done on the win, all the rest of it, but a lot of errors. What, what, how do you explain it? And, and, I, and I, I, like Cyril Bayer missed the game with fatigue. Antoine Dupont 
uh, get, yeah. and other Six Nations players got given a couple of days off this week. I'm not surprised. So, so I basically said, you know, was was is is what we're seeing from Toulouse at the moment the cost of eleven French internationals in the Six Nations squad and winning a Grand Slam? And Clement Patron, I was like, yeah, that that's that's basically it. So know, the, they're not where, they're nowhere near where they can be or need to be or will need to be for the quarterfinals. Which is, let's not forget, only three weeks, two weeks, three weeks away. Right. Yeah, six, seventh, eighth of yeah. May. That yeah, they, they do feel a little bit like a team who are sort of placeholding, just getting getting through it, yep. uh, getting ready to regroup. Now, I want us to know some more gossip. Who else did you talk to? Like, did you just do do any mingling, any mixing? Did you have a big chat with Big Charlie? Uh, big Charlie Farmer. Oh no, he was he was knackered, and but yeah, just general pleasantries. And, he's a um, slight, slightly big bloke, isn't he? He's a large man. <laughs> I'd love uh, to meet him, you know. He's a hell of a player. Uh, Jerome Kano, I was uh, just chucking a ball about with him before the game. Yes! Awesome. This, 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 this is the guy I was, I was thinking of. I've awesome. encountered Jerome Kano on a rugby pitch in his kit. Uh, and he's now a coach, is he not? Skills, skills coach. So, yeah, Clement Poitrano and another one of the coaches that I, I don't know the name of were doing a little, obviously something they do before the game. They were doing from the 22 a drop goal crossbar challenge and Jerome Kano was the guy just fielding the balls he was standing behind the posts and passing the ball back to them the coaches before the players came out and uh, you know when when a ball strayed my way um, I just I'd I'd wang it and then it became a thing I'd wang it to Jerome Kano and he'd pass it on to Clement Butler awesome (laughs) awesome did you manage to chat Sorry? Did you manage to chat to him? yeah 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 what was he like? come on give us more give us more he's, he's humble quiet calm which is He's, he's, I'd say Jerome Kano is the classic example of someone, what's that phrase? Is it the carry big stick? Yeah, what's that phrase? To something, tread, lightly uh, tread lightly and carry a b- carry yeah. big stick. It's like Jerome Kano can, is, is an animal. Well, is it not? So such a soft, softly spoken, nice bloke. Is it not similar to the way that, you know, adult male lions aren't really particularly afraid of anything and therefore don't really care much? Like, <laughs> there's not, I can't think of many situations where he's going to be threatened or intimidated. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an enormous bloke. Absolutely yeah. enormous bloke. Yeah, oh, I, I, I would have given my right arm to have sat next <laughs> to Charlie Farmerina and just chatted to him for a, a well, good five I, minutes. Well, or chatted at him. Well, yeah. <laughs> props might have to go back onto the field. So, I did yeah. think about that and I thought, no, I can't. Yeah, no, I, I, you can't. So, I live very close to Jake Cooper Woolley, who mm-hmm. is. In Charleston, I'm sure when he sees me, he just crosses the road now because he knows it's because <laughs> he knows it's North Central. Charlie, oh sorry, Charlie, Char- oh. Jake, uh, yeah. Jake, 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 Jake. Does it? Where do you see him normally? In the butchers? No, um, on on our street. On your on street, street yeah. How far up is he? He's, he's, he's handy to have in the neighbourhood watch group. <laughs> How far uh, up is he? Uh, four or five doors. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, we'd, we're trying to get him as the uh, next coach, next scrum coach of Talk H, oh. which would be decent. Uh, I don't know what he's doing now, do you know? Uh, I do know. I think he's in, I think he's in, in, in construction, mm. just like Phil. Yeah. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> on knockout rugby, we got knocked out of the cup this weekend. Oh, oh JB. 22 games won, two games lost, one against Witness in, in one, cup. one cup. You need to remind me about that, this unbeaten statement you made last yep, week. Yep, yep. And one in the next cup, which is against Old Widians, and we had one hell of a tussle with them. They came back from twenty points down. They won a penalty. The kicks kicks the corner. We stole their line out, and the ref gave it us off the floor too 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 quickly. Free kick. They played one phase. 
They pa- they shipped it to their flight half, who mustn't be over nineteen. Cool as you like. Drop dropped on his boot. Won the game. Last play of the game. Oh, How wow. cool is that? I mean, it's not cool that we lost. I've never lost to a drop goal goal before, and if there's a team that I would like to see in the final, it'd definitely be, be Winnie's. Mm. So that's going to be a cracking final when they, <coughs> when they play West Park. That is that is a bit disappointing after your perfect <laughs> season in the league, winning the league. But just you could have had if you'd have spread around those two losses in the cup to the league, you still would have won the league. Yeah, and you could have won three bits of silverware. Yeah, well, look, it's the um, it's the failures that inspire Tom Brady, not the things that he wins. So, I'm, 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 next season, yeah, to, to stoke stoke the fire for four more years, it's important. Uh, well, I, I, need, I need to find some emails and contacts. We've, we've been contacted by people that are, your statement that there's only two unbeaten sides in league rugby. That's what we thought, but apparently there's another one. There is another one, which I will find. But in the meantime, uh, there's this email here from James Daly. Contact edchasers at gmail dot com, and the uh, the subject title is. Win a league by losing because we were discussing, you know, how proud it is, you, how proud you should be. If because I've never won a league mm-hmm. league trophy in all my years of playing rugby, so you should uh, enjoy it. And uh, this is a, a this is James's tale of lifting a trophy. He said uh, he's it was a, it's one of one of the only times he's won a competition was at under 16s the the main competition was the cup which was a knockout tournament the shield was also a knockout tournament uh, and but the shield was only for the teams who lost in the first round of the cup so his team got knocked out in the first round yep uh then they won the shield because all three teams that they were meant to play cancelled and conceded <laughs> so he won the, the the competition he won as a player was with no victories whatsoever. So play, played one, <laughs> lost one, yeah. win, the, win the shield. He said, not quite movie style, but uh, <laughs> success, no, success nonetheless. Awesome. Well, it's a bit like Montpellier. They, um, they've got to the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup by, I think they've like won, two, lost three, something like that in there. Have they? they? Well, they got, a, they got a bye because of the Leinster. Remember Leinster mm. had their game... More COVID madness. COVID madness, yeah. And... They got absolutely spanked by Leinster, like 89-7 in the reverse fixture. They also lost to someone else. They snuck into the quarterfinals because they were playing top seeds Quins. Ah. Snuck in by the skin of their teeth and then lost one of the games against Quins, but, but snuck it through. Well, and here they are. Yeah. Yeah. And again... Well, um, com- Ulster was second top seed, weren't they, I think? Oh, that, yeah. And, and, and I- they faced lower yeah. seed... Yeah. Toulouse because of COVID because stuff. of because Toulouse got hammered twenty eight nil by Cardiff. That's why I feel even more sorry for yeah Ulster because so you get you you're so unlucky to be facing Toulouse. You win four and from then f- beating Toulouse in Toulouse. Yeah, and you're still not through. You win four from four in the group stage and cheers, boys. You've got a trip to Toulouse, oh, reigning champions. Well, I mean, the trip to Toulouse wasn't the problem. It, you're right; it wasn't. It's Sounds I mean, like you like to trip, like to have trips to Toulouse every, every week. Every week, yeah. but the, the Montpellier Quins fixture was actually the, the <coughs> kind of the inverse of Ulster. Who? Uh, well, no, no, not not the inverse, but similar to Ulster. Well, Ulster let their lead slip yes. in the first leg, and that cost them. And Quins had a particularly off day and left too much of a gap to make up. Yes, although although they only didn't make it up because of the the missed Marcus Smith conversion. Yeah. And really, it's Quinn's had one bad half of rugby. The first half mm. against Montpellier, in Montpellier last week, they were woeful, conceded very soft tries and just weren't switched on. Every other um, half of rugby, they were the better team yeah. throughout 
throughout the game. I only saw the first half of this game, but I absolutely loved it. The, the quality of rugby was outstanding. The first half was the better half of this. It was yeah. it was 28-17 at half-time, and then it was 5-3 in the second half. So all of the action happened in the first half, yeah. partly because in the second half, Montpellier had a yellow card late in the second half with about 10 minutes to go, and Quinn's just... They just needed, uh, they, they needed six points, but they went for try and they kept on. They they eroded ten minutes, the whole ten minutes of that that Sinbin period by trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to get a try and mm. being rebuffed, 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 and finally I think it was Lewis Liner's second try um, that they scored. But they'd already eaten up all the time on the clock, or almost all the time on the clock. So. Um, by the time they scored that try, Montpellier get their man back and they were able to hold out the last few minutes. But even with that, had Marcus Smith kicked what for him was a relatively easy conversion, they would have won. They would have uh, gone through. Yeah. Do you know what we did see loads of in this game? Five metre scrums. Tons of them. In that last section, yeah. there was loads of them. So many five metre scrums. That's, what, that's what you did miss, JB. Brilliant. Why? That, that last... Uh, there was because Quinns were just <clears throat> pumping him. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Marler and Wilco Low on at that yeah. time. Oof, good luck, which is fairly handy. Mate, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they've not got bad props on as replacement. Uh, La- uh, Lama was on the bench, and uh, you might even, they might even have another French in- French international that came on. Uh, who? Um, More, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, uh, Montpellier. Oh, the guy who uh, the, the one who did the big punch. No, he wasn't playing actually. Howass. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, Howass does. Well, Montpellier, they had, they certainly changed their team up from last week. Yeah, which, which, which uh, <laughs> a bit of hubris on that part. And Henry Thomas, did you see him speaking of props for Montpellier? Henry Thomas did a brilliant uh, tweet and just screenshotted all of the journalists, including Stephen Jones, Stephen Jones. and I think it was. Chris Foy and a couple of others saying, oh, well, Montpellier, well, that's it. We know the result of uh, that tie. Quinns are going through because Montpellier exactly. can't even be bothered. And Henry Thomas took great pleasure in thought, screenshotting that after the game and going, I, maybe maybe pay our whole squad a bit more respect. Yeah, yeah. you know, I thought it was remarkably stupid of any writer to write what they wrote about Mont- Mont- Montpellier. I said it before the game. I was looking through the team sheet and just taking it on face value. Not, I'm not talking about who they left out. Just looking at the team that they put out, I thought, yeah. That's a bloody good team, right? And if you don't know some of these guys, uh, you better educate yourself and actually find out who they are. Because I thought uh, Louis Fossans in particular is one hell of a talent. I mean, there is a reason that they can get rid of World Cup winner uh, Pollard and or just shift him, shift him to 12, uh, which, uh, you know, coincidentally, is another guy that played. Now, we've seen this before somewhere, haven't we? We've seen it with Bristol recently, and it's not quite panned out for Bristol, but this is what I suspect Montpellier were trying to do. If they looked at their game last week, they would say they started strong and they faded towards the end. Right? The, the, the scoring pattern certainly uh, justifies that point. Yeah. If you look at the NRL, they will tell you all the time because they use interchanges, it's about having your strongest team on the field at the end because that's when the majority of your points are scored. And we all know Harlequins can score points and whenever. Harlequins, and they Harlequins call them game changers. Eddie Jones calls them finishers. Which is an element of... Just semantics what, what and rebranding. What is it? Pat Lamb calls them again. He calls oh. them something. Systems. Love makers. Systems. Love makers. Something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. He's got a name for it. So, anyway. yeah. so on the bench we've got Zach Mercer, Demaru, Boutier. Uh, these. Are, this is a good quality squad. 
and to me, it was plain as day. They looked like they wanted to bring on quality towards the end. I don't see why that would be controversial or a silly thing at all, really. So it, it did. It looked to me like they were they played a weaker team um, than they they did last week. Overall, I think, but it's they've judged it just right. They, they have judged it to absolute perfection because they've won. Yeah. So you you can't discredit them in the slightest. Well, just to, and again, it, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. I'm sure a lot of people mm. would have been saying similar stuff, but uh, a couple of the tweets that Henry Thomas um, mm. uh, took a screenshot of, one said, Quinn's going through then because Montpellier have rested several key players for the second leg at the stoop. French clubs, uh, French club clearly prioritising the top four team. Doesn't do much for the integrity of the Champions Cup. Yeah, that's just who, who said that? Uh, that was Chris Foy. Was that uh, Chris Foy? He's a good rugby writer. He is. He is a good rugby writer, but that is absolute nonsense because the whole point in having a massive squad is you compete on two fronts. Yeah. That, that's what they're built for. I mean, particularly the French teams. This is exactly what they are built for. They can, they can rotate. As for, uh, and, and Stephen as, Jones said, very sad move for Montpellier. Almost a full second 15 for the return leg. Vic Quinn's undermines totally the whole European competition at a time when it needs more credibility. Yeah, well, I mean, we can tell them all this in the Rugby Writers um, Awards dinner on Thursday. Uh, are you going this year? I uh, haven't been, no. Uh, you got invited last, last time around, didn't you? Uh, no, well, well, yeah. Uh, you have been invited before. I've been invited before. I, yeah. I've not. Uh, you not got your invite this year? No, it's lost again. Yeah, mine, mine neither. I can't, I, I can't believe it. You know, you, you talk to what thirty odd thousand people every, every week, but you can't <laughs> make the Rugby Writers Awards. Unbelievable. Oh, I tell you, um, apparently we were mentioned on Radio Four last week. Oh, uh, were we? What, what did we do? Oh God, what did we do? <clears throat> no, n- nothing negative. So, uh, as a family do this weekend, and my auntie, um, who I've never mentioned the podcast to, so someone must have mentioned it to her. Um, said, oh, I, I heard you were on Radio 4. I heard you mentioned on Radio 4 the ah. other day. I was like, did you? Woman she said, <laughs> said they do um, feedback on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Which is a bit like points of view. Apparently, this is, this is a second-hand description given to me by a 70-something-year-old late um, auntie. Um, this is going to be one of our favourite Twitter folks and, uh, complaining in point well, of view fashion. No, it was, they apparently asked a question wh- which was, where do you get your sports news? And they went out to uh, members of the public and one member of the public. Oh, yes! <laughs> now, now, I don't actually know if my auntie knows what this podcast is called. So she may well, the, the person <laughs> may well have said the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. But let's just, let's just say it was I'll us. There's a rugby pod in this yeah. it, would, it would be in keeping, you know. It was, was it the tele- Telegraph had us as one of the 30 best podcasts in the world? Yeah. Yeah. And um, was that sports podcast? No, it was a different one. Had a no, season. no, no. It was Guardians. Was the Guardian was one of the best sports podcasts in the world. The Telegraph was one of the best top, in- top fifty podcasts. Full stop. Yeah. yeah, in the world, we are the only rugby podcast that's been, that's been nominated and five, five, for five. for best sports show at the the, uh, Arias. the, the Arias, Arias, which is the Let's not talk about that the farce. audio and radio industry, <laughs> industry awards. That, that was embarrassing. That if only we'd have done a podcast near a. You know, a a major city centre bombing or a terrorist attack. We would have we would have cleaned up. <laughs> or if we had enough people crying. It, you, you, it's the you, only way you win that. You joke about that, but um, I got nominated four years in a row for my breakfast show. Um, and I can say it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, I, got no, you, I got nominations because I worked out what the formula was. <laughs> and the formula is, at some point, you need to do something that makes the people listening cry. Really? Mm. What can we do? So, so like, cynic- what, like bullying. So cynically, I engineered some. Uh, no, I mean, it just, no. It just so happens that the things that I put in the entry were they were they were genuine, amazing moments. But 
Um, so they weren't cynically made, but they were very, very cynically so, put into the award entry. So um, they did have... Did TalkSport talk sport win something, didn't they? And it's called, like, the Sporting Couch or something? Do you remember this? So, oh, yeah, it was Clark Carlisle talking about his... It's like crying uh, on a couch, basically, wasn't it? Like, just come and, <laughs> come and be emotionally incontinent on, on, my, on my couch. Uh, but some of the concepts that come up for podcasts now are just utterly bizarre. I heard of one, the, I can't... I won't say what the actual... Uh, title of it was but it was the same kind of thing it was just uh, we're going to talk to sports stars about emotion why well, I mean there's so much stuff to talk about in sport emotion are you sure because they just want I don't know what it is they want to take it a step further I bet there deeper. was a I bet there was a sponsor attached yeah, yeah I bet. if someone's paying you to do it do it it's like some, some, guy, some, some guys some marketing bods get in a room and they think what new podcast can we make and it'll be something absolutely horrendous which has got a lifespan of about Six episodes. Well, this is it. And so, what, what, mm. when when people talk to me about podcasts and stuff, I, I never say try and come up with something new. Do some <laughs> yeah. do something that you love, that you're absolutely passionate about, or have a very deep understanding of. And it doesn't matter if there's a million of them. If no. you're really good, it, you'll you'll make, and and you're consistent and committed, mm. you'll you'll get there in the end. I have a friend that's quit her job. Uh, I say a friend. So I know someone who quit the, quit the job to do the most niche podcast I have ever heard. And every time I hear this business model, I just feel like. I feel like saying to her, like, do you have friends? And if you do have friends, are they close friends? And are they the sort of friends that will tell you, no, do not quit your job for this because this is absolute lunacy. I'm not close enough to her to say that. But if, she had a re- like, if, I, if I told Phil, look, Phil, I'm going to um, quit my job and do a podcast about, you know, um, yeah, uh, foot, um, foot fungus infections on my feet. You go, no, you're absolutely nuts. Why would you do that? Don't quit your job, JV. No, honestly, quit, you people... Can quit your job, yeah. You can quit your job to start your video... Foot fetish side. Yeah, yeah that, that's fine. now you're talking. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> only fans. That, that, yeah, that rakes it in. Absolutely <laughs> rakes it in. But, you know, that's the equivalent of what this lady's trying to do. I'm thinking, Jesus, this is this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. Um, before we go on to any more, I rugby, mean, there is a podcast in documenting people that quit their careers to start niche podcasts. Oh, I tell you what, a, pod, a podcast <laughs> reviewing new podcasts would be brilliant. Like, what is this? Uh, like a sort of a Dragon's Den podcast fashion (laughs) but when people have already started and given up everything to do it (laughs) how did this guy go broke the uh, the podcast (laughs) series show me what happened Um, before we go on to any more professional rugby I want to know your views on this so local rugby Tog H play in the ADM leagues the ADM leagues have got three levels to them so just to give you, a, you know, put this into context, context, this is Cheshire and Lancashire, primarily, that mm-hmm. play in the ADM leagues. And you voluntarily took yourself out of the RFU structure. Yeah. Now, I don't agree with why we did it, because I think it really screws over the Cumbrian teams. And it's not a big ask for us to go up there three times a year when they have to do it every other week. So, mm-hmm. on record, I don't like it from that point of view, because, well, we all need to play, right? We, mm-hmm. We've all got to play. And we need to suck it up and go uh, and go up to Cumbria. And also, it's fun to be on a coach with your mates, but mm-hmm. that's a different discussion. So the ADM leagues have got three tiers to them. And to put that into context, North Wales rugby uh, used to only have two. I think it has just about three. So the whole of North Wales has as many teams as the ADMs. Now, it's got to a stage that there is not a single team in Cheshire or Lancashire who is in the RF, R, RFU structure below le, uh, below level seven, though. Okay. Every single team has moved from the RFU. To ADM. Yeah, it's absolutely mad. 
I'm not sure oh, how. Do you know? Th- well, th- so I'm just going to dovetail br- very briefly across. <laughs> yeah. This might explain something. I, I, I might get. Oh, what the heck? I'm going to say it anyway. So, um, the Lancashire Cup at junior level, and you know, I helped mm. coach my son's under 14 team. The, the Lancashire Cup at junior level has been a bit of a farce this year. It's mm. kind of it's the, the structure's weird. No one knows what's going on. Whatever. So, a few clubs got together and said, "Let's try and for next year get some meaningful games." And a competition with some local sides, make it a bit of a Greater Manchester thing. Got a lot of good clubs around, a lot of good players. Let's have, say, eight teams that play in a round-robin system. Everyone plays each other, and then we have a finals day with playoffs and that kind of thing under under the lights. Make a bigger, make a bit of an event of it. And we had eight clubs going. I'm well up for that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the Lancashire Rugby Union found out about it and have kicked off. Really? Yeah. For which which I kind of think, what's this? Nothing to do with them. What, what you do in your weekends? No. In your free weekends. But anyway, but this might be part of the backdrop that they feel like they're losing control of. I think they their probably sides. are because I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's very fair on the RFU because they've got to look after yeah. the whole of the U- of the UK. Uh, sorry, UK of England, not just uh, Northwestern Cheshire, but it comes. To something, doesn't it? When every single team has left the RFU mm. structures, and um, literally, is this you're... happening elsewhere? Do you think? Or do you know? Don't know. Yeah, is ADM say? just Lancashire and Cheshire? I honestly don't even know what ADM and stands Co- for. And Cumbria. Yeah, I don't know. Do they have it's... parallel leagues anywhere else? Yeah, no, no idea. Don't know. No idea. I just know that these leagues that that I play in. And the other thing which disappointed me this year, and I've spoken about it before, same as you've just spoken about, it, is the cup. The cups are not being taken seriously at all. So we think that we should play every cup game possible. Like Broughton Park have conceded a cup game. Now they didn't have the weekends to play it allegedly, but play it on a Friday. You know, find some time to play it. So I'll just put a thing out because rather than make it just about our our neck of the woods, is if I'd be interested to know if there's other sort of a political battles going on yeah. in other parts. If this is a general thing or just very mm, localized. Well, I have an idea for cups. I think you're gonna love it. I think you're going to love it. So the cup just isn't very exciting at the moment. It's kind of you it's grinding away at your league, and then the cup comes up. And you think, oh, God, it's a, you know, sometimes you take it as a week off. Sometimes you use it as an opportunity to rotate the squad, bigger bench, you, you know, try some second teamers in or whatever it may, may be. I think every team does that. How about this? So with teams pulling out because they don't think it's very good, and in some cases, here's another one, some of the teams do not pay the players to pay to play cup, cup games, so you don't see like Rosendale or Preston play Broughton Park or you know Burnage because they, they just, it's just not worth their time. Mm. So start the season, you ask your you ask your your whole squad, do you want to play the cup? And if they say yes, each player has to pay a fee, make it thirty quid per player. All of these players who nominate themselves for the squad are the only players that are available to play and all of that money goes into a central pot all of the other teams that want to come into the league all their uh, uh, players pay too and at the end of it I reckon you'd have a pot of about three or four grand and the winner gets to distribute the prize money between the whole team and the only team the only people that can play from your club are the people that paid their paid thing, in pay, 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 uh, paid in at the start imagine it's a bit, a bit like they, a poker tournament yeah, <laughs> yeah. now it's not going to work quite as well with, <coughs> quite as well with kids games <laughs> but I think for adult rugby well, that's kind of effectively what we do with our Egg Chaser 17 because we're that good we just put in our money to exactly. play and then just take the winnings oh, I mean we won 500 quid uh, 300 quid from one tournament 200 quid from another tournament and it's it's awesome to be able to drink someone else's money but <laughs> I, can you imagine how excited people would be like you're not just going to win a trophy you're going to win you're going to win a lot of money 
I mean, can you run the numbers on this, Phil? Say, 16 teams, squads of 20, 20 <laughs> people paying pay, pay 30, 30 quid? 600 quid a team, times 16, 6 grand and... 9,600 pounds. Yeah, Christ, 10 grand. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be going on your, going on, on your spa weekend for uh, Cup Day <laughs> or going to Ikea. You'd be, you'd be strapping on your boots. I think this is... In fact... In fact, I've, I've got some sway. I might mention this. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to mention, just, just before we get back to the, the main thing, I'm going to say one of the most consequential and meaningful games in all of the Rugby League pyramid is happening on Saturday, and, so, and it is in the northwest, and it's between in National oh, 1, it's Coldy, Coldy versus Sale. Yeah. Oh. And the way the league is poised, Coldy played 27 in a 28-game season, played 27, 107 points. Yeah. Sale... Played 26, 100 points. So if Sale win, uh, and, well, no, even if they win, they might, and Coldy could get losing bonus points. Point being, if Sale win, it's going to be theirs to lose on the final day. Coldy have got this as their final Oof. game against oh, Sale. Really? Yeah. Uh, so are wow. they at Haywood Road, or are they... It's, it's at Coldy. Coldy. I might even watch that. I, I, I was going to suggest possibly going to watch it. I've got nothing else to do on um, Saturday. My, now my you're on the cup. Over. Yeah. So, yeah, so keep an eye on Coldy v Sale because that is going to be some match mm. oh, I'll to get up to the championship. I'm just yeah. looking at their points for and points against. Very similar, isn't it? Near identical. Uh, against Coldy 529, Sale 528. There's one point difference against and for Coldy 539 and Sale 529. So Coldy win uh, the league so- if they win. Sale take it to the final day when they will be in the box seat to win the league if they Crikey. win. <clears throat> wow. Uh, do you have any preference? Does Tom Brady still play? He does Sale, still play. Sale FC, Brady, yeah. Brady's still there. Um, now Jack Metcalf playing on the wing for most of the season. He's been promoted up to the first mm. team now. Fergus Mulcroon's been yeah, playing. Yeah, Fergus Mulcroon. Nev Edwards. Nev Killing was it. was playing. I, can't, I don't know if he still is though. He definitely mm. was there. Anyway, yeah. keep an eye on that because that, that's a hell of a fixture. Yeah. Well spotted that one. Tasty. Uh, do you have any preference of who you'd like to win that one? Um, I kind of fond of both teams, to be honest. Yeah, I don't mind. Either. Given the championship he- games around the corner yeah. from Phil's house, would be pretty cool. Haywood Road's only well, it's definitely less than a mile from my front door. <laughs> yeah. so that's, yeah. that's quite nice. Championship teams like Cornish Pirates coming up to that would, Haywood yeah, Road. That's pretty cool. Bloody brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah, but I do have a lot of respect for Coldy. Hmm. You know, Coldy Ravers. They're, they're called the Ravers. They've had a <laughs> hell of a season, obviously. They've, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know. I've not played. For, I've, I've not played at college for five, six years. Their, their um, facilities weren't always the best. Yeah. Compared, compared to some championship clubs. I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know what the championship criteria is, but if they even if they even have one, but Coldy <clears> must be. I, they might they have spent. A, struggling. They might have spent a lot of money. Recently, but the the facilities are, were certainly pretty limited. Little wooden, uh, wooden hut up on the hill, isn't it? Yeah, oh, top well. of the hill. Well, and uh, and the hill is pretty sick because it's windy out that way. Sandy somehow. I don't yeah. know why. I always think and, it's very sandy there. And the, there's a good old slant to the pitch as well. There is. There is. Yeah. Well, let's just hope the best team wins. Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, final one. Teams. Just while we're off uh, top rugby, I just I just email from Ben Tucker. Contact Chasers at gmail dot com. Love the podcast. Blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> To move us away from the CrossFit loving with JB and Tim, can Phil <laughs> give us more details about the Vietnamese feast he mentioned a few weeks <laughs> back? <laughs> what is his go-to banh mi recipe? Any, oh, any tips or suggestions? Um, I would say, actually, so 
the the recipe that I use for my barn me is sorry barn me barn me um, is from um, what the hell is it called my ve- my vegan cookbook uh, I think I oh, know vegan street food vegan street food which I don't do a vegan ver- vegan version uh, I replace the tofu with um, pork belly and I use proper pate Brussels pate um, but it's from Jackie Carney who did the catering at our wedding and she used to live in Cholton she used to live on the same street as us in Cholton so that is a very good recipe book for South East Asian street food cool the barn me recipe replaced the um, tofu with pork and there's an excellent excellent jackfruit rendang but replace the jackfruit with beef brisket and mm. slow cook it for 24 hours mm. it's Vegan street food by Jackie Carney is worth it for those two recipes alone. Uh, absolutely awesome. Or just Google them. Or just Google them. Yeah. No, 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 no. Buy no. the book. Buy, buy the, the book. book. Buy Jackie like, Carney, vegan food. street food. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there we go. Anyway, so I, I didn't, didn't want to depart Harlequins, uh, albeit they're out, just by marvelling oh. at some of their attacking play. That, 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 that try, the Marchant oh, try. The Marchant try was That's, outrageous. How good was Caden Murley for that? <laughs> he was. He was brilliant. Hey, He's a brilliant player. Good, good, uh, very good assist. Good composure. Like still, you, still you would show. You would. There's so much that Caden Murley does that you would show to kids. Yeah, yeah. Like he just does the basics beautifully well, and that was a great example. Yeah, He's yeah. At full tilt, he hit the line, made made that break, and at full tilt, just real simple things, uh, drift in to make the defender come onto you, and then. Give the pass. So simple, isn't and, it? And he, he also, he timed the pass and his line perfectly, so the covering either winger or fullback had no option but to collide with Caden Murley, so there was no chance that he was getting to uh, Marchant because he's on the floor yeah. as Marchant strolls in. So that was very good. I mean, he is, he's four tries behind Lewis Liner in the last two games, but um, apart from that... We've missed something in, in, in this game, something massive. Uh, the, the return of Will Evans... Which is phenomenal. Yeah, means. I hope his injury's not bad. Oh no, he didn't get injured again, did he? Yeah, uh, well, oh. off after forty minutes. So I, I didn't see. I only saw no. the first half. But I was watching. I was thinking, he, this guy looks. He, he looked just as good. Yeah. As before we got injured. Agreed. Oh, I'm really, really dejected now. Yeah. Uh, how do you get? How do you get injured? I, I don't know, but it, and I don't know exactly. I don't know the extent, or I don't know the the nature of the injury. But I know that it wasn't Luke, a leg. Luke, Luke Wallace came on. It was lower half. I, I don't know. And Luke Wallace came on. Uh, in the second half but yeah. you're right it, it was good to see him back in here so hoping it's not not serious it's not serious Ben K describes him for small defence as the best he's ever seen I mean he's not even mm. known for his more more defence yeah <laughs> there we go he was turning over ball he was carrying hard he just looked absolutely superb and yeah oh well uh, spoke too soon then yeah. yes uh, brilliant uh, <laughs> Carl Brewster I gather was probably a Quinns fan he said uh, how many uh, penalties from scrums before you finally give a penalty try um, yeah that that last that that ten minute section I mentioned earlier, which f- forced the yellow card, and you you do think that uh, something should have happened, something more should have happened sooner than it did. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Um, and it, M- Munster Exeter then that was another Titanic tussle over two legs. Yeah. Um, pretty upset Exeter didn't make it through because I want them to do good things. I always want them to do good things. Uh, and he didn't, but uh, you know, as far as European matchups go, this is for me now an absolute classic. Uh, 
I think it comes down to something which Phil said before, just not taking your points. And also, it's, they just didn't seem to be hard enough or streetwise enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard, difficult one extra moment. What's what's odd? Because I can't, you can't put it just down to that law change and the fact that, that that it's harder to go over close range. You can't put it down just down to that. Exeter are oddly blunt in the final third. Their approach mm. play is amazing, and mm. they got they got to the outside and had real success mm. getting Woodburn and O'Flaherty through. And they got into the twenty-two so many times, and they just their conversion rate. Are they, their, what, what, what do they call it? Uh, um, red zone efficiency, where it's the point, mm. the points per entry to the twenty-two. And Exeter's when they won the championship a couple of years ago, it was like every two point six points per, per visit. visit to the twenty-two. And on this occasion against Munster, it was zero point six or oh, wow. yeah. And that, I, I think that's um, probably across both. Um, games yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's interesting how they measure efficiency there because it's every time they score in the 22. Another thing I'd be worried about for Exeter is not so much the efficiency of um, how often they score, but how quickly that they score when they have the ball there. So they used to go through 20-odd phases in order to score, which was fine. Now they're trying to do that, but they they just aren't retaining the ball. They're just not as, uh, they're just not as effective. Um, there's another element to Exeter as well that I think might be affecting them, which is when you become a really good team, people start taking notes of your players. <clears throat> so they lost, well, they're going to lose a lot of players this year, and that's going to be very disruptive for, for any team environment. So Hill's going, yeah. Armand has been, uh, well, he's announced that he's now retiring. retiring. Because I, I don't know if many people understand that, but uh, so Leicester Tigers have already done their salary cap adjustments. Yeah. They're already set. And Exeter... The salary cap adjustments from six point four down to five million haven't yet taken effect. Yeah, they because will they grandfather them exactly. In. They they will this summer. So Exeter are not going to get a better. They will never have a better opportunity to be as good as right now. Yeah, same sell shocks. Sell shocks are in exactly the same boat, and they could actually be in a worse boat in some respects. So yeah, for Exeter, you know, think about the turmoil going on internally. So Johnny. Hill is leaving. Yeah, uh, Sam Skinner. S- Sam Skinner is going. Sean Lonsdale is Tom going. Flatty. Tom Flatty. Tom uh, signed elsewhere. Is there another one? I'm not sure. I think. Um, scrum off. What's his name? Hidalgo Klein is going. If not already gone, Don Armand has retired. So there's an awful lot of turbulence there behind the scenes. I think now they'll know how to handle it. But you, you know, it is still really difficult uh, mm. to turn 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 around a squad particularly one which is so so successful and relies on teamwork as much as Exeter so I think there's a few things going on there which you know they're gonna have to overcome they, they've also had more international call-ups over the past couple of seasons Correct. and that if you look at LCD and Jack Noel it that play more games and more higher intensity games leads to more injuries therefore greater unavailability therefore you end up having compounds yeah you're having Weaker players or not yeah. your start, um, it preferred players. It wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing more teams like Exeter, who do really well one year, look at their squad, they go, right, our time to win is now. They'll have a bunch of contracts which they can afford. They'll go. They'll try and extend a, f- a, f- um, a few more. And the worst case scenario for this is the ones that they extend then start to, de- start to decline as they've extended them. And the ones which they can't extend because of cap room then have to leave. Mm. And then you go from first all the way down to... Fifth or sixth. I mean, you can see that happening with Leicester Tigers because, God, everyone must be interested in Martin and everyone must be interested in Ch- Chesham and yeah. everyone must be interested Tommy in Tommy Raphael. Everyone must be. 
Yeah. You know, um, who's it got? Uh, Joe Hayes. Freddie Stewart. Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly. Yeah. I, Potter. I'm Porter. Potter and Porter. Potter. The, the, two hookers, yeah. the two hookers who will be... Dolly. Dolly. Be, Dolly will be paid... Le- he'll be on a contract that's under what his market value now is. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you look at all of these guys, they, they can't keep them all. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you, they'll be valued higher because I, they're successful. And they're already losing arguably their best two players or certainly two of their best players in Ford and Genge. Mm. So expect to see, I think we're going to see a lot more teams. Like, And if they're well run, hopefully they'll we'll stop about fifth or sixth once they regather their, <laughs> thought, like, regather their thoughts. But I think it's going to happen a lot. Sale will be the next one. In this, in this game, because Exeter, they, they could have done more. But Munster, they were very good. Munster, and they were very good to just be... Uh, incredibly difficult and disruptive team to break down, and their their back row were brilliant. They were O'Donoghue playing at eight, um, Hodner and Peter O'Mahony. How many Peter times o- does O'Mahony want to do that Undertaker thing of oh he's out, he's down, he's injured, boom? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, O'Mahony, he was deserved man of the match. I thought he was the best player in the park. His line out work was excellent. He was getting around the park. How old is he now? How, he, how, how does he keep, keep doing this? No, he's older 32. than that. Surely. I'm not sure he 34, is. 35, I would have said. Maybe. Yeah, probably right. Do it's, it's, it's felt like he's been in his 30s for about eight years. Yeah, yeah agreed. Uh, 32. Yeah. I know. Didn't look 30, <coughs> 32 when he's dancing on a table in uh, <coughs> in Monaco. Yeah, that, that was <coughs> four years ago, though. <laughs> <laughs> They look very twenty-eight then. <laughs> exactly, um, I, I I thought he was brilliant. He's the breakdown work of that back three. So Munster obviously missing one of the the best breakdown tacticians, uh, effectors of the breakdown in the game in Tyburn. That back three more than made up for it. Um, oh man, he got some incredibly important and opportune turnovers just at the right moment. Yeah, this timing's amazing, isn't it? You, yeah, you've got to. Um, You've got to play the referee as you do it. Yeah, I, I, they, did, they did that French referees are loose. They are. They let it all go. Because I was watching it. And yeah. I, it, I mean, extra just got to deal with it. But I, I would have been just going... Because compared to Premiership... Massively. Massively different. It's like, how how are they just getting away with this? Yeah. yeah. Stephen Jones had... Play the ref. You got to play the ref. They did it brilliantly, Munster. Stephen Jones had a few things to say about this this Georgian ref that's been doing the rounds. He did the... Did he, he did one of the games last week and did... Maybe the Ulster one. No, it wasn't. Was it? Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was the Ulster yeah, game last week. I thought he actually did really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no complaints. I mean, he had a big call to make last week, made it, and then allowed the game to flow. And I can't help but think the only reason that he probably targeted targeted the Georgian ref is because he's from Georgia. But I actually thought in the big games, I, I thought he refed well. I thought the game was not affected by him. Yeah. Well, like you say, you, you've got to manage the game, and French refs are loose as you like. And I actually. Um, Thought that what it, it benefited Ulster because I was uh, before the Ulster to lose game. This isn't to go back to the, over that game. It's mm. just to make the point uh, that different nations and you have to manage it. Um, I think Ulster benefited from the fact it was an English team of referees because yeah. they were very McCarley. quick on the breakdown. And so Toulouse didn't compete nearly as much and certainly nowhere near as much as Munster did. Yeah, yes. Matt Carley was really good. I remember th- He was good. He was good. Now, why am I thinking this? I'm, th- I'm, I'm just thinking back about how I felt at, at the time watching Carley. He did something which really impressed me, but I can't remember for the life well, of it what was, it is. It was uh, Mike Lowry going up for the catch. Yes, it was. Yeah, because... This is uh, so it was uh, their fullback. Um, what's his face? Ramos. 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 Catch. Lowry appeared at first glance like he'd 
taking him out in the air like Balakoon did. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lowry was underneath, but did get off the ground. And actually, in the freeze frame that the team were at TMO, who was Ian Tempest, um, and Matt Carley between them, no, freeze framed it. And you could see Mike Lowry's <laughs> hand, although he was below Ramos, and Ramos did land yeah. awkwardly, Mike Lowry's hand was pretty much near the ball. Yeah, so mm. his, <laughs> so this is how I thought it was going to go. And this is all credit to Matt Carley. Matt Carley is the most precise referee yeah. out there. He is. It doesn't very... mean he's the best. It just means he's most precise. Because yeah. you know, he, he, when he sees things, he's very particular about uh, how he applies the, how he applies uh, the laws. Wait, Wayne Barnes was the ref last week, Ulster. To lose, so it right. wasn't that game. Mm. Yeah. It, might, it might have been the one where there was that massive uh, the red card that was either was given or wasn't. <coughs> given last I've got week. it. I've got it in front. I tell you, it was the Claremont Leicester Tigers go. game last week. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> the first ye- yellow card to Balakoon, you can hear the officials talking, and it sounds sensible what they're saying. He's not looking where he's going, therefore it's reckless. And you can't really argue with that. That said. When they're assessing the Mike Lowry one, they're saying he is looking where he's going. I thought, oh, my God, they're not going to give him a red card <laughs> for the exact opposite thing <laughs> that they said about Balakoon only 40 minutes before. And they didn't. They actually used some common sense. They said, look, he's looking at the ball. It's a contest in the air. I thought, oh, my God. And it wasn't even gonna... that there was no yellow card. There was no penalty. It was accident. An incident. Yeah. Play on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah. There was one which was a penalty this week which blew my mind. It must have been Stad, I think. It was the Stad Racing game. <laughs> right. So it looks for all it looks for all the world as if this player has taken out a kicker late or a jumper a jumper sorry, a catcher without the ball, something like that. It's either a kicker late or a ca- or you know, it doesn't really matter. One of those two things. And you think, what a fool. What has he done what has he done, done that for? So the penalty's given, I'm like, this has got to be a yellow card. You, know, you can't just you know, wipe people out. And they look at it again and the player says, I've been pushed. I've been pushed. And I, I watch it again, there's no push. Watch it again. Then you realise the scrum half has tripped him up. Uh, so the scrum half has tripped the racing player into or the stab player in, in, into, into the, the racing player. So the referee goes, Let's have a look at this. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm doing the little TMO sign with my fingers. <laughs> and uh, That's the sound of a TMO yeah. sign. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they notice, they go, oh, it's a tangle of legs. And the scrum off clearly tripped him up. <coughs> clearly tripped him up. But, oh, well, as it's a, uh, as it's a, ta- a tangle of legs, tangle of legs play only on. a penalty. What, a penalty against a guy who got tripped up? So, like, <laughs> if you're scrum off now, you go around tripping people up. Like, it should be a penalty yellow card against a scrum off. <laughs> For tripping up the guy, which is dangerous, and putting your your own player player in danger, 
I couldn't believe they went from yellow card from the, you know mitigating circumstances. Mitigating circumstances. You've been tripped up by a, a scrum half <laughs> who's you know sniggering to himself. <laughs> so anyway, well done, Matt Carley. Uh, I thought it was some great. Well done, Matt Carley. Well done, Munster. Um, well, well done, Joey Carberry. Who had a great game. Took his yes. try brilliantly. Kicked well. Um, which it's taken a while for him to get back to his best, but he's looking good. Yeah, well, difficult injury for us, a fly off, is it not? He had a, he had a, is it wrist? His ankle. I think he, had, he definitely had a knee issue at yeah, one point. There was a lot. There's a lot of Munster fans and a lot of people in the Irish press who were thinking that. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the guy. Uh, ben Healy. Yeah, ben Healy, they like th- him. Thinking Ben Healy should have been retained as the starter. Uh, vindication from the yeah, from yeah. the Munster coaches for the selection because Joey Carberry was great and also another well done to friend of the pod Graham Roundtree. Oh, yeah, confirmation of his role as head coach at yeah. for the next season, which is great. That is good to see. Fantastic. Yeah. Just one last thing about Munster and Irish rugby in general. Do you know when it pans over to Peter Romani and he's on the bench and he looks absolutely knackered after d- doing one hell of a shift? Do you all think this is the difference between Irish rugby and Welsh rugby? Like, when's the last time you saw a Welsh international have an absolutely epic game in Europe for his club? Josh Navidi was decent. He was really good against Saracens against in the South. Challenge Cup. Right. Uh, I mean, there is that. I mean, yeah, fair play to Josh Navidi. He's a, yeah. I, so I is love Tomas Josh Williams. Yep, yep. But, but it's not the real... It's not when was, when was the last time a Welsh team played a competitive game in the Champions Cup? There, was a, there must Knockout have been Scarlet. Was there Scarlet's play Champions Cup this time round? Someone uh, must they, have played. They, One of them must yeah, have. Yeah, well, Cardiff beat Toulouse. 28-0. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so... <laughs> like, the, it just doesn't happen. They seem to... You know, husband their uh, internationals very, very, very carefully. They don't tend to play them. When they do play, they say, kind of half arse it, get out of Europe, and then they don't need to play them for the rest of the season, and they look forward to their, all their international money. And that's the difference. The Irish players seem to care. Peter Romani does have that quality that Mako Vanapola also has, where he looks <laughs> exhausted after yeah. 30 seconds or after 80 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this might be controversial. But I think a lot of the Irish teams, a lot of the Irish players, would be equally as proud to, to play for Munster or Leinster or Connacht or Ulster as they would for Ireland. Maybe not quite so much, but I think the gap between the amount of pride they put, the amount of pride they have in that re, the province shirt and their national shirt is a lot closer than say the Welsh boys. Oh, a, a lot closer. I don't doubt that at all. And the the gap outside of international Test match rugby. A game in the in the Champions Cup involving one of those sides is about as close to it as you get. Yeah, yeah. In absolutely terms right. of intensity and quality. Yeah, it's just a shame they're in such a dreadful league. Well, actually, it's not for them because that's how they're so good. You know, the rest of the time. Yeah, and just looking back to when uh, a Welsh team last played the knockout stages. It was um, Scarlets against La Rochelle. Uh, Scarlets played last year, but not against La Rochelle. Oh, don't know then. They got hammered, fifty-seven fourteen against Sale. Oh yeah, sorry. The last time they won in the knockouts was against La Rochelle. Okay, when was that? That would be a couple of years ago. A few um, years ago. There's actually they had, a, they had a really decent team. Is and is a Pivot team, I think. So yeah, that'll, that'll, okay. That'll, that'll they they did you. they did have a, a good uh, Pivot team for a few. Very years. quick discussion on on along the lines of uh, seeing as you were talking about red cards and decisions and refereeing and stuff. A lot of chat about a twenty-minute red card or the orange card. Oh my word. The first time I tweeted in maybe a month was about this. Some clown uh, decided that he write a he'd write a tweet to Bill Beaumont. I don't know if you saw this. 
we do not want to see a player replaced after 20, 20 minutes after the red card from the Sin- fans. Sin- yours sincerely, the fans. Yeah, the fans. Oh, really? Oh, really? You speak for all of us now. Like Some of the, some of the hubris is unbelievable. Uh, and I can say this as a hubristic man myself. <laughs> I, I love the idea. Absolutely love it. And I don't care what message it sends. Uh, health and safety is not first and foremost. It's not the priority. Uh, it's not... Uh, it's not any of those things. The number one thing about rugby is entertainment and the quality of the game. If it wasn't, we wouldn't we wouldn't play it. If safety was our number one concern, you wouldn't even look at a pair of boots. It's just uh, the most. If anyone says that, they have the IQ of a, of an Alsatian, right? It's just not what the what the priority is. So a twenty minute red card. I don't care if it doesn't send the message or or or, um, or, or what have you. I think it's fine. In fact, I think it'd be an an ideal solution to. Um, uh, what I think is a growing problem within rugby. The, the one element I like about it is the fact it draws a distinction between grievous foul play, like a stamp or a punch, mm. and a, a, a miscalculation that, like, um, like taking someone out in the air because you just mistimed it and you didn't mean to do anyone any harm. Uh, you can, you could get a red card for it, but that's not the same as gouging someone or grabbing their bollocks yeah. or punching them in the Look, face. I think it doesn't really matter what the offence is. If it's a red card, you go off. 20 minutes later, someone else comes on for you. I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. And including... Oh, no, I would draw a distinction. I would draw... I, I think the purpose is it draws a distinction between... Th- this, the red card's still a red card, but there would be something in the middle, which is that's bad enough that you, you need to go off. 20 minutes is the punishment yeah. and, and you can't return to the field. Oh, yeah, I don't think anyone who has... Red, red card, card is like yeah, re- four, 14 men for the rest of the game. Oh, okay. I, oh, that's how I. That's how I would do it. Oh, I, would, I, I would still retain. I wouldn't necessarily. You'd, you'd still retain it for so the. That's what I like. You could. You could pass out <coughs> between. Yeah. I mean, look. If we see gouging or extreme foul play like that, let's deal with it off off the or field. or a clothesline high tackle. Yeah, deal with it off off the field and make sure it involves money. People will soon change their minds then because all these guys are professionals. Money is probably the the biggest threat that you can give give them taken away their paychecks for you know however many games that is the best way the best way to do it as for the integrity of the game as it's been played rugby's done a pretty good job actually of sort of adjusting to limited numbers it does do that you know 14 men i don't i don't like it i know you you don't mind it phil but 14 men makes you very susceptible to having 13 men then and then everything crumbles yeah Um, i mean we we so we did see two teams win this weekend with 14 men which were Sale, Sale, yep. Lost Reed after thirty minutes. That's right. And Leicester, yep. Lost and Sale had Chesham. a second yellow card, didn't they? They did. They were down to thirteen. They went men down at to one thirteen, point. and they started conceding. So you know, yeah. that's the danger. Oh, well, well, you mentioned before the growing problem in our game. What? Well, what like, is the? What in my what mind? Did, what do you mean? Yeah. So in my mind, it's a problem when I'm watching Ulster to lose, and one one team has red card, and the other team has two yellows. I just don't want to see lim- limited number rugby. I want to see what the coaches and players have been working on all all week, which is their systems, their processes, <laughs> their lineouts. You know how do they create the space with uh, fifteen on fifteen? I am sort of softening up to it. You know, if it becomes a feat, well, it is now a, now a feature. It just seems like I don't know. It just seems like a dis not disproportionate. But th- there's a factor in, in in a game where you start removing re- removing players either temporarily. Or permanently through reds and ye- through reds and, and yellows, 
and the effect on the outcome, I think, is it's just too great, all uh, that period. I think I've got to the bottom of uh, what, why this might suddenly become a thing, because Super Rugby, have been. I didn't realise they're trialling the 20-minute red card. Uh, mm. And uh, we got an email the from fans. Ben Askham, who says, uh, so a lot, of hot, a lot of hot takes on Twitter about how a recent spate of red cards in Super Rugby proves, in capital letters, <laughs> exclamation mark, that the 20-minute red card law encourages, encourages dangerous play. There we go. To demonstrate that correlation doesn't mean causation. Let's look at the past weekend in the Champions Cup. Three red cards in eight games, plus Jameson Gibson Park, who could have easily seen red. Mm-hmm. There have been 42 games of Super Rugby Pacific uh, so far this season and nine red cards. Is the controversy I saw on Twitter, therefore, an example of the Texas sharpshooter fallacy? What is that? Well, I know. Can you look up Texas I'm sharpshooter not, fallacy? I've not heard of that. I know the Bret um, Hart sharpshooter uh, it, fallacy. Was it just one bad weekend where they had four red cards across the five games on the weekend of the 1st, 2nd and April? Uh, says Ben, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, c- could well be. <laughs> so Texas sharpshooter fallacy is logical fallacy based on the metaphor of a gunman shooting the side of a barn, then drawing targets around the bullet hole cluster to make it look like he hit the target. Illustrates how people look for similarities, ignoring differences, and do not account for randomness. Say so that quite- again? So I quite like, I quite like so that. So you shoot. So you shoot. Barn. You shoot the side of the barn. Yeah. And then you draw a target around where the where the shots have clustered. Ah. So it's like the old. Um, I say the old. The um, <laughs> the Spotify problem of randomness. Oh yeah, yeah. I know this one. So Spotify. So there's a very good book called The Hot Hand that I read last year about uh, basketball, but one of the chapters was on Spotify, and Spotify. When they first, so um, there's another book that I read called Humble Pie, which is totally separate, but doing uh, randomness in computers, which are binary, is very difficult. You, you, it's really difficult to actually get true randomness, other than like a lottery machine that is a real world physical object that is truly random. Mm-hmm. Um, roulette machine, truly random. Really, roulette wheel. But Spotify thought, well, they didn't think they'd solved it, but they got something that was very close to true random within digital technology. That means, the problem with that is, if you've got a playlist of 100 songs and you've got five songs by one artist, in a truly random world, you will get three of those five songs played after each other. Every now and again, um, you will see patterns, and humans pick up patterns. We're terrible for picking up patterns, even when they don't exist. So Spotify, they had so many complaints at their the true randomness of their playlist that they changed it to a fake random playlist <laughs> that is far less random in order to stop people seeing um, patterns that weren't there. Yeah. So, yeah, if you had su- subsequent songs twice, or the same the, song twice. Or the song songs by the same artist yeah. three times in a row because you've got five of songs by... The, one artist People in a hundred song playlist. That's with um, this interview with, with Russ Roberts. Um, yeah, the it's the, the name of the writer of the Hot Hand is Ben Cohen. That's it. But it's a New York Times, not the Ben Cohen, not the rugby no. Ben Cohen. That uh, would be total random. I would. I, I think there's something in what you say, then uh, Ben, in your email. I would also say it's probably an example of cognitive dissonance where. People lurking on Twitter, desperate <laughs> to prove to, to uh, with an agenda ready to go. Yeah, that when there are there's a new thing with a 20 minute red card, which they hate because they think it means that we don't care <coughs> about the health welfare it's, of people. It's fascinating. And then on the one weekend when there's a bunch of red cards, <coughs> see proof. 
Yeah, well, close the book. I, I've come to the conclusion now. And I, I, I nearly put up a tweet today just saying "bye, dickheads" uh, as my final tweet, and then close my account because I've not tweeted for about four, 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 four weeks. <laughs> just that. Just that. And then go. Um, I'm going to leave it open, open for now. But it has dawned on me that the majority of people tweeting from so-called rugby accounts are people who just do not play rugby. Uh, don't they, understand they, they the do game. Not, don't. They, they, yeah, they want they, whatever they're using for it's something completely different. And one of the signing things is how seriously they can take safety. Uh, it's, it, and it's tiring. It's tiring and boring. Well, more's the point, mate. How much more productive stuff have you done with the time you haven't been spending there? None. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. I've been doing quite. What you've been doing, doing ring dips, and ring yeah. dips, yeah, yeah, yeah. pull ups. Yeah, yeah. My pull up game is strong at I mean, the moment. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the one um, judgment I would probably no. That's cruel to say so. No. But no, but a lot of the people that you're probably talking just describing, <laughs> that, that would they're be, obese. That, most of them are, are, are obese and don't play rugby. They're just, just everywhere, bodies everywhere. <laughs> they're absolutely awful. I was, I, 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 that do, wasn't the point I, I was making. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, that's point, 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 so the point I'm, I'm making. I'm. I don't. Beards, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind the twenty-minute red card. I also don't mind the red card as it is now because I, 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 I don't think it ruins games. Although I do take the point that um, it's it's the compounding of cards. Yeah, two, two two men off is is a lot worse than just having one. It's, it's proportionally a lot worse than just <laughs> having one. But the, the bit I hate about this is. That tweet that I only saw it because I don't go on Twitter very much. I only saw it because one of our friends messaged it to, yeah, us. it to us. That tweet, sincerely, the fans. That is so horribly arrogant and condescending <laughs> to anyone that disagrees. <laughs> it is so true. Oh, really? oh my okay. god! So I, um, I don't mind twenty minutes. I'd be fine with that. Keep it as it is. I'd be fine with that. So, I don't think either will have a significant material effect on the game. So back to cards, right? Uh, do you see stuff from say Paris game? I saw bits. I didn't, bits didn't watch it. the full. Like, didn't this watch is what the full top fourteen game. is like. You know, <coughs> you know, Mainline it into my veins. It's brilliant. <laughs> so the winger for Stade Francais, whatever his name is, uh, he gets a yellow card. He then gets a second yellow card, resulting in a red card. But in my mind, that is a straight red. And I was watching this like this is a, this is actually a good card to give away because if anyone's going to get a red card. Probably best be him because <laughs> he's already yeah. he wiped the slate clean. Yeah, so like he's going to commit an offence. He's got a choice now: a yellow card offence or a red card offence. But they both end up the same thing. So mm. you know, just go wild. Why not? Uh, which is exactly what he did. <laughs> but there's a certain, a certain injustice there. So if I was the ref, I'd go, okay, he's had a yellow card. He's now got a red card. So, uh, Captain, can you choose another player to go off for 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we can't be having this sort of, uh, you know, getting away with stuff. <laughs> or what if you just gave the yellow cards to, to the other team? What's the opposition? Just dish them out however you no. want. No. So what you do, right, is... Oh, so there you go, Finn Russell. You... Who do you want to give it to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the club call. Yeah, yeah. So, Phil High tackles you, cl- cl- close line. Yellow card, but instead of giving the cards, the yellow cards fill, you run over and you give it to the opposition coach. You know, give it to give it to me yeah, on yeah. the floor, just being walloped. <laughs> yeah, do, I, yeah. do, do I want to take revenge on that guy, or actually even more of a slight? It's like, no, you stay on the field. Yeah. I'm going to give it to him. So one of my and fav- I'm going to get you. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favourite defensive drills to play um, when I'm coaching is I like, sort of playing sort of semi-contact touch or you know whatever it is or good like good grab. And if someone misses a, misses a tackle, the, like the game stops, and the and the team that missed the tackle all do burpees, except for the guy that missed the tackle because he's not allowed to work. He's yeah. got to watch all of his mates work because that's what missed tackles do. They make everyone else work on 
Oh, that's, that's like yeah. um, proper drill sergeant yeah. stuff. Proper old school blank, blanket punishment. You stand there, and all of your mates can do burpees for you, <laughs> and, you uh, uh, and and you can count them. It's the same effect by giving the the card to the coach. So you give it to the opposition coach. So Reedy, uh, Aaron Reed has hit this guy high, right. and they hand um, the Moynihan. Yeah. So they hand um, Pat Lamb the red card. Who can well a red card? You play. You, you play it immediately. But if it's like a couple of yellow cards that Pat Lamb's got in his back pocket, and the game's getting close, and then he plays his two yellow cards, <laughs> I'll have John O'Ross off, and I'll have Faf off. Cheers. <laughs> a bit like, like a power, power play. play. Power play in the back pocket. I quite like that. Yeah, yellow card, yellow card. So then you just particularly for you could do that with the team offence ones. Yeah, because yes. sometimes I feel sorry when like someone trots yeah. on as the sub. The, the the sub prop they've given it, the team have given away six penalties in a row right next one you're done prop runs on Bang. penalty yellow card you're off I've, you been, I've been on ten seconds yeah yeah that I, the team that's a good one. that's good yeah team offence yellow card just cross it over to Pat Lamb and Pat Lamb will go, here you go <laughs> well yeah. let's talk about Pat Lamb and Alex Anderson then oh well where do we start with these two um, so it's the worst is categorically the worst game last week yep this week was highly entertaining if unpredictable and erratic shall we say yeah yeah um i mean really interesting coaching matchup for a start i mean obviously pat lamb's uh whole thing is uh, they run on love uh the uh, bought a neuro psychologist, psychologist in uh, can anyone tell me what, what one does uh n- i can't well so phil that's uh, him sorry so the neuro psychologist part is no, I, I'm wondering if this is to do with like because like, like neuro linguistic programming is massive, okay? N- NLP but, and like, la- but that's like language, and but that's more about language and how it can uh, so, but I don't think that's what a neuropsychologist is. It's just, <laughs> um, I know, I think neuro, I don't think that because psychology is brain anyway, so I don't think the neuro, I think that's it, exactly what like, I thought. It's like going um, when people go brain, um, brain. pin pin number, pin yeah, number, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. pin I, number. I, that's exactly what I thought. So apparently, he's one of the world's leading guys, and he wanted to talk about the awareness of effects on oxytocin of oxytocin and dopamine. Oh, okay. Energy, so he's looking at the brain on energy. a sort of chemical chemical level. Chemical level. I, I don't know what I do with that information. Do you? Like, we've got some scrimmage. How is my dopamine? <laughs> I, do, right, How do it, I get some more dopamine? Yeah, can I, can do you, I scroll through Twitter before this <laughs> scrub? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my likes are up. Dopamine hit. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, it's very interesting, no doubt. I just don't know how it applies. It's, yeah, how do is you, it relatable? Well, I, I guess being aware of being aware of your feelings and how it can affect your behaviour. So I that, that's that's basically kind of that that's base. It's another way of going down the mindfulness route, isn't it? Like being a I I can. I can sense myself feeling anxious, and I'm going to be. I'm, but the fact I'm aware of it means I'm. Go, I have. I now am going to proactively manage it, rather than mm. just giving in to those base human feelings of shouting at someone. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly understand what you're saying. I certainly appreciate the meaning behind it. I think. I just think it's nonsense. Um, <laughs> and the reason I think is like, you know, if, if your job is just go in the field and pick some corn, right? It doesn't matter if you're happy or sad, just get in the field and pick some corn. You know, I think the more things that you're aware of, the more, you know, it's like adding more problems that you don't need to solve. Like, Jesus, my... If, you, if my, someone my wanted to down. just soundbite that a couple of sentences, that is just... Like vintage JB, I really thoroughly appreciate what you're saying and the point you're trying to make. I just think it's nonsense. I think it's nonsense. <laughs> but the, the beauty of Alex Anderson, right? And I've, I've learned this. I think I've learned this. 
it doesn't he doesn't need to convince me. He doesn't need to convince anybody except for the players in the in the dressing room. As long as his players are convinced that whatever this stuff is that he's introducing to them, as long as as long as they believe that, it's absolutely fine. This is exactly placebo effect. Yeah, it's basically a placebo effect. Problem is, if they start losing or if people start asking questions, I think it might it might come undone fairly I listen, rapidly. I, I listened to an amazing podcast about um, which was talking about the placebo effect and how massive it is. Yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. It and, is. The, and the nocebo effect as well. What's the nocebo Ooh. effect? Um, where, um, I can't remember now. <laughs> <It doesn't matter. laughs> but that was one. Anyway, it was really, really interesting. But the power, yeah. the power of the placebo effect is uh, to the extent that you're, you can you're, you can just completely kid your body and have actual oh, and you can, outcomes. And you can kid so many people. So there is a coach. Mm. No, no, but you, you, you can have actual... Physiological responses. Physiological responses just based on... Isn't that... So that you can kid your, kid your body into thinking it. Yeah, it's, so it's the same. You can... Like, hypochondriacs can think themselves ill. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically home, like homeopathy 101. Yeah. So embarrassingly about homeopathy, and this is absolutely humiliating, uh, I used to suffer from migraines. So that's not humiliating. The only person to ever solve one of my migraines was a homeopath. And to this day, I resent it. Because like, I know it's not true. <laughs> I wish I had I those wish migraines I, back. I wish my head was pounding. I couldn't see out my eyes. But <laughs> <laughs> so they gave, she gave me a bloody sugar pill, and it went. I couldn't believe it. So, yeah. It, wow. Yeah, it went. So... Yeah, I know it's nonsense. I have no truck with homeopathy well, no, whatsoever. Well, but the, ho- the homeopath there wasn't saying this sugar pill is going to solve it. They, she was saying solve it yourself. She, she was <laughs> basically going, "I'm I'm going to make you solve it. I'm going to make your body. I'm going to trick your body into doing it itself." Yeah, success. I'm mm. more stupid than I look. Um, <laughs> more susceptible. More susceptible to nonsense. Sorry. Yeah. So back to coaching, right? And placebo effect in, in coaching. You are absolutely right. So I know of a, of a coach, and I won't say his name but he's not very well thought of in coaching communities, although he's very high profile. And I was speaking to somebody who ran a club, who ran, who, who actually ran the club, and he was saying, yeah, well, you know, the rugby IQ we have in the rugby department with person X is just, it's just off, it's just off, like, off the scale. You know, in rugby, if you can convince everybody that you know things and everyone buys into your system, even if, even if your system's wrong, mm. I think 80% of the rugby is just, Convincing everyone to do the same thing. If everyone's doing the same thing, even like, look at Pat Lamb's system. It is not the best system for the the Premiership. But if everyone does it, it's bloody good. It's just not the best system. Yeah. And last year, everyone was doing it. Yep. This year, maybe maybe not. And, you know, even if everyone does it, the team with the better system. I mean, that's the difference, isn't it? At the very top level, then the systems matter. But if you you just need to get 80% of people to... Oh, all do the do right thing, yeah. yeah. Do something close to the right thing at the right time, and all buy into it. A sale yeah. had enough of the thing that does make is this X factor just blunt force. They had enough of that to yeah. make a difference. Those uh, Dupree twins were they are wrecking balls, so blunt. And I just, I think my view is sale are sort of in the same mold as Toulouse, which is a placeholding. Like they know they've got to. It's sort of a mixture of Toulouse and Exeter, I guess. They're going to have to change that squad drastically. They're bringing in, bringing in new faces. That means people are going to have to leave. Faf has already left. Lude mm-hmm. is... Yeah, but it's like Lude's gone, but Johnny Hill's coming in. But Lude might Great. not go now, allegedly. No, no. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, well, the talk is he is. But anyway, let's assume he does. Yeah, yeah. Lude, Lude and JP Dupree go, but Johnny Hill coming in. I'm all right yeah. with that. Faf's going. 
Raffy's Raffy, pretty good. Raffy, Raff the Quirk is, yeah. is ace. So, AJ's going. George Ford's coming in. I don't think good. it's that bad. No, no, it's up Tom O'Flaherty. Like, yeah. He who shall not be named on the wings gone. Yeah. Tom O'Flaherty's coming in. Yeah, so um, in terms of all that, the placeholding's in. I think they. I think what they think is round the corner is going to be awesome. You know, in a few months' time, it's going to be awesome. And in the meantime, let's just win our games. And they're sort of placeholding in that. You know, they're, they're not playing a particularly attractive style. There's much more to come from this team. I'm probably going to double down on sale next year and, mm. pick, and pick them as my as my champions. Yeah, which but they I need, did this year. They need just a little bit more, don't they? I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on what it is that they need. But they need something more. They need George Ford. They need George Ford, and they need some. I mean, I think Sam James at 13 makes one hell of a difference because he's so creative. And he played really, really well this, mm. this game. In fact, he reminded me exactly why I love Sam James so, so much. He's an absolutely brilliant player. Uh, so he makes an enormous difference. I think this sale team is the best equipped to go to Paris and beat up Parisians. Uh, I just mm. do. I mean, who else would you choose? Leicester. Didn't they? Was it two, so last season they played La Rochelle? The season before, did they not play Racing in Racing? Maybe. In the quarterfinals? Quite. Quite possible. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was Saracens in Rusting in the semi-final. Quite well, I possible. Might, I might have that wrong. I just think that I, I think it's a matchup that works. I think the first choice sale pack, if they got all of their names out firing fit for that game, they would be it'd be one hell of a contest. And once they win it up front, and I have no I have no doubt that they can and that they will. There again, looking at some of the specimens that Rusting have just in their front row. A Gomasar is is a special looking hu- a special looking <laughs> human. I mean, he's just magnificent. <laughs> um, and then you've got Camille Schatz. Uh, you know, Camille Schatz is also a unique looking human. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh, and, you know, ben- Eddie Eddie Benarus. Benarus a few years ago was one of the best loose heads on on the planet. Yeah, don't even talk about him now. And then they've got Trevor Trevor and N- no, it's not. It's Ox. Naya Kane. Han. Trevor Nyakane. Tre- Trevor Nyakane, yeah. Yeah. So it's not as if they're it's not as if they're short up front. No. Yeah. They've got I think I think it's a game too far for, for say. It's, it's interesting because I, I watched um the highlight show with uh it's Austin Healy and Delalio and they were both I think they both said Rassing, but they they were kind of saying that they think Leicester have got they think Sale have got a good shot at this. I completely agree with them. I, I'm not so sure. I just don't think they're playing that good at rugby at the moment. No, that is their downfall. I mean, personnel, yes. The systems that they're playing and the way they're playing, it's in fits and starts. So you go back to how they beat Leicester Tigers. That was an awesome game and they played really well. <coughs> a little bit in, inconsistent Sale, but I'm pretty sure they can go to Racing with a full-strength team and, and turn them over. That Racing team... Is not particularly big. I mean, I know as you said, look at those absolute animals. But you know, look at the guys. You know, Wenceslore is what six six foot and a bit of change. You know, they're not huge in the back five. Whereas no, Sale are enormous in the back. They five. are. They, Sale are enormous in that back five. You know, and it's, it's just the. I don't know. I see the matchup of Rob Dupree against um, Finn Russell, and the God. two young wingers oh God, against I've not even thought of that. Jesus. Teddy Toma and Juan Imoff. And then Fiku running wild because he's just an oh my god such a supreme specimen. I actually think Fiku might be one of the best players on the planet though. He's uh, so good. I, he's so young as well. Still, he's brilliant. He's been playing high level. He's been playing for France 
for the past 10 years and he's still only 27. He was brilliant on, on the weekend. Like Everything he touched was just brilliant. <coughs> yeah, Fiku is quite good. There again, you know, Sale are not bad in the senses if, if Manu's playing and Sam Ma- James Manu and Sam James, yeah. Um, yeah, you are right. The inexperience on the back three <coughs> is problematic. The unbelievable Rob Dupreer at 10. I, mean, I just hope he has one of his unbelievable... I, I just hope he... Plays more like his brothers. Yeah, yeah, which he will, of course. He'll play exactly like the twins, which is perfect in a way. Just not there. Oh dear. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do at fly half. They can't be. They can't. They can't. They can't play Rob Dupree at Paris, can they? Can they? Is AJ going to be fit? Kieran Wilkinson. Talk about it nearer the time. So he was fit. Yeah, got a few weeks. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, did either of you see anything of the uh, La Rochelle Bordeaux game? No. No, I, I I only saw the highlights this week. This it was a good game last week, but if I was prioritising games, then that was like the one that had no point. Now Rochelle have got that. Yeah, done. and and they did have it. They conclusively won it. There was a red a Bordeaux red card as well after twenty five minutes. That Brilliant. It didn't. It what, didn't. What, what what did the fans think? It did. <laughs> Were they happy to see him go? Happy, happy to see him off for the <laughs> remainder of the game. Um, it didn't. It didn't change the course of the game in the slightest. I did see this. Did I watch it with you, Tigers Claremont? Yes, yes, we watched yeah, it yeah. Over, over, over a beer. We had a nice, very nice uh, imperial pastry sour. It's very nice, actually. I mean, what was the one we had before that? We had that was a uh, Vault City. Uh, it was a S Deeper sour double IPA. Oh, as, as we're on the subject, how was your um, how was your shin beef pasta and your beef Wellington? Oh, it was good. Excellent. That was very good. Yeah, Excellent. the uh, the beef Wellington turned out really nicely. Did, did they send? Sorry, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about um, that fair. So, so it's, we're dedicating a lot of time to, to <laughs> what I've been eating on this podcast. <laughs> um, awesome game by Tigers. Uh, yeah, they've really set. I think they've really set, set a stall out. Uh, it's yeah, be, Tigers was good. It's got to be said, there are a lot of players for Claremont that were, that were not present. Yes. But I'm not sure it makes that much of a difference, to, to be honest. <clears throat> no, Leicester were the better team throughout this. They were the better team last week. They were the better team this week. Racker and the fullback Tiburgen. Tiberian? Yeah. Tiberian? Who played on the wing last week and played fullback this week. They were two of the best players in both encounters, to be frank. The young number nine, Jeanneau, he... Yes. Did a few nice things, nice little break. Um, obviously pushed power out from one, last week. One Leicester player that has to be mentioned, Harry Potter. He's playing some really nice stuff. Mm. The, his break for the Freddie Stewart try, yes, that was quite was cool. awesome. But it's not the he's just an elusive runner. He makes it look easy, and he you think he just kind of glides past people. He beat four defenders and then offloaded for the, that steward try and made about 50 or 60 yards in doing so. He's doing some very nice things, Potter. Yeah. Um, Claim one more week. I'm very much looking forward to seeing if Tigers can replicate their league form and this last lot of European game games form uh, against Leinster. I'd love to see him turn over Leinster. I would love to see that. I. We'll talk about it in future weeks. I don't think they will, but no, I think I, I think they will be very, very close. Do you, do you reckon? I think that's going to be a very good game. I can, for some reason, I can see Leicester just blowing them away. I don't want it to happen. I, <coughs> I still feel for all the good things that they've done, Leicester. They're a few years off what 
what their peak is going to be. Well, but will they reach their peak? Because, like we said before, they're going to lose Gens, they're going to lose Ford. Well, they've lost them yep. for next season. They are so important. They are such such talented players. Genj, yeah, Genj turned into one of the world's premier ball carriers. Yeah. From Lucid, which is brilliant. From Lucid and, uh, like, kick returners as well. <laughs> Lucid kick returner. Imagine having him and... Uh, Hawker from Saracens. He's Scott Britts. Scott Britts in the, like, in the same side. I, no. I can't think of who most t- t- tight head side would be. I, I think they're going to push Leinster very close because they are just so together as a, as, as a unit, so well organised. I, th- I think they will. I, I think <coughs> So it's at Welford Road, yeah. which obviously works in their favour. I think Le- Leicester will push Leinster very close, but I think Leinster will just edge it. Uh, Van, Port- Van Portfleet, I thought, had a very strong game. And it's going to be worth keeping him in mind because at some point Ben Youngs can't continue for England. I don't know when that time is. I mean, I assume he has to go to the World Cup, right? Well, as long as Eddie... The one thing has become evident, as long as Eddie Jones is in charge, Ben Youngs will be playing. He's the third choice English scrum half at Leicester Tigers, and yet he's the first choice scrum half for England. Make of that what you will. <laughs> you Quite. can't. Like, we need to pass out with the Ben Young thing because he's got more caps than any a- other player. Anyone. Yep. So you don't get that by accident. By accident. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not his fault that Eddie Jones was coach. You well, know, was, lots you of coaches that. before him did the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so that 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 needs to be respected in the same way. You're, you're all right. In the same way that. I, I hate the way that Owen Farrell is much maligned, and he, the, that guy is immense. Well, he shouldn't have done what he did, to Ben Spencer. But never <laughs> that guy, that guy is immense, and his his offload for that Max yeah. try was. If Marcus Smith had done that, or Finn Russell, or Finn Russell, you would never hear the end of it. Yeah, that is true. Did you see the Camille Lopez offload? That was pr- pr- pretty. That was, sexy. Nice. That well, was nice. Well, it was nice in its inception. I don't think it was as effective as it, it should w- be. It didn't because then the receivers at Moala received it. Image that gets smothered, get flattened. Yes. Yeah. So Lopez gets flattened as he throws the pass, and hospital then offload. Gets, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what a beautiful hospital offload! Oh, so effective. No, not really. Not not that time. Yeah. So um, yeah, good. Well done, Leicester. Um, they were far, <laughs> far, far better than. Clement. Similar to what you said last week. Yeah. Well, good. Well done, Semi Randrandra. Yeah. Well, he wasn't that good. Uh, well, was he that good this week? I don't remember. It did I've no. watched so much rugby. It's I know. I've, I feel like I've watched so much, and I also watched uh, only the highlights, admittedly. But I watched your beloved Blues take down um, the Crusaders. Is that not the first time in Christchurch for like twenty years? Since... First time since Carlos Spencer in two thousand and four, um, you... and it was a very good game. Uh, and whoever, no. someone had a red card as well. Is that two thousand and four game when Carlos Spencer scores? And dots it in the corner. Runs into the corner. That is the best rugby moment of all time. That is awesome. Of all time. If you throw... he, was get, he was getting criticism for not being a good place kicker. Yeah. So he scores a worldy try from like 80 metres and runs all the way into the corner. And then I'm pretty sure he slots the kick. If you told me, if you showed me that clip in 2004, at, in real time, the drama, the crowd watching that game, the energy, the character that Spencer was, the way he put... Uh, uh, put the ball down. In fact, just the all-round spectacle in 2004. I said, "This, this is the future." I would tell you now that I'd have told you then that rugby should be the biggest game on the planet by the time we got to 2022 <laughs> it, on the planet. But we are where we are. We are, yes, we are precisely. Are. But the amazing, amazing game. Um, some brilliant tries. The best one actually, probably the Crusader one. Um, Will Jordan 
from an, an, an incredible pass from David Havili at 12 to mm. Will Jordan. It's worth watching Violets just for that alone. Stupid question. What is Super Rugby at the moment? Is it... Super Rugby Pacific, which means help, help me you've out. got... I want to say four. It might be five. You've got five because Western Force are in it. Five Australian teams, five New Zealand teams, then Fiji, Drura, and Moana, Moana Pacifica. Pacifica. What? So, hold on. Sorry. So it's it's 12 teams. teams. Five New Zealand, yeah. usual suspects. Western Force. Western Force. Uh-huh. And, and then Moana Pacifica and Fiji, Drua. Yes, correct. So, where do the Australian teams play? Uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Sorry, did you say... The Australian teams in that group. So there's so there's twelve teams. Yeah. Five Australian. Oh sorry, 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 sorry. Because five said, five New Zealand. Yeah. Sorry, because you said Western Force. I assume you said Western Force at the expense I, I thought that you said at the expense of the Australian teams. Oh right. No if, if you see what I mean. As well as yes. As well so as the, 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 the four who have been in and around for the last few years plus Western Force are got, back in it. Got it. So what's the force what is the forces situation? <coughs> They're back. Just they're back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much much don't more know. than that. <laughs> I know a man that will know, so I'll give him yeah. a call. Uh, just to mention as well, Saracens are into the quarterfinals. So are three other English teams in the Challenge Cup, mm. being Gloucester, uh, being London Irish, and being... Gloucester, who beat Northampton? North, uh, no, yeah, Northampton uh, lost. Wasps. Wasps, yeah, Barbary, ha- Barbary Hattrick. Barbary Hattrick. Uh, and there's Leon, French side... There's Glasgow and, and Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yep. It's good for them. And Toulon. <laughs> yeah. Quarterfinals. Good luck. I don't know who's at home in that one, but um, I will find out in the next couple of days, I imagine, uh, what, what my postings will be. Yes. So, mm. Toulon? Yeah, I'll be up for that. Yeah. Toulon will be all right. Look, look at some ships. Um, so, it just does show something, doesn't it, that the competitiveness of the Premiership and the way the Salary Cup averages out the performances in the teams doesn't necessarily have a great effect in the Champions Cup, but it does seem to be fairly powerful in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, because I think those teams want to win it. The yeah. English teams do want to win it, whereas <clears throat> some teams, certainly French teams, are a bit nonplussed. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the two Scottish teams will also definitely want to win it. Yeah, they'll be dangerous. <coughs> right, uh, any more for any more? Oh, fixtures. We've got a whole... Yeah. S- well, actually... Uh, Sale aren't playing this weekend, unfortunately. Just just before we just before we go into that, the fixtures, just mention um just giving page, friend of the pod, Joe Riley, is doing we mentioned this um twelve months ago or so, he's doing a fifty K run in a day. So officially an ultra marathon for a very, very good cause. Good Huntington's Huntington's disease. Very good cause. He's currently raised over two grand um of his five thousand pound target. So if you want to help out for that, which is a very good cause, it's justgiving.com and it's Joe runs 50k in a day. That how, is, a, that is like, a long way. How long How long has he got to do it? 24 hours? I do it in less than 24 hours. He do it in... So if, Marathon's 42k. So, so he's doing what? 5k every 20 minutes, right? Marathon, and, five, a bit, 5K, marathon 20. and a bit more, which is no mean feat. Because no, I, it's not. I, it's I, having having it. done a marathon, I can testify. If someone had said at the... F- at the, f- at finish the, at the finish line, just eight more k, just yeah. another eight k. I'd, I'd have just like just another five miles. Do one. I'm never doing a marathon. Can I put it on record now? If everyone's here, I'm never doing a marathon. Never. Maybe one day. I've said I'll, I might do one when I'm fifty. Well, technically, I didn't do a marathon. Why is that? Because I did the Manchester Marathon, but it was on the year that they got the distance wrong by a hundred <sighs> meters. 
<laughs> so, so they adjusted my time by like what by a, a time. Thanks, lads. They scaled it, but I didn't actually do the. What full, was your time? Uh, it was just under four hours. Ooh. Good work. I hadn't done any training for it, so and good, I wasn't. good work. Yeah, I, I I will not be under four hours. <laughs> well, you're not doing one. Yeah, I will never do one. I will never ever do one. So uh, um, I have a little WhatsApp group with some some uh, mates of mine who do a bit of running, bit of training. And one who actually lives in Perth, um, Western Australia. Um, Who's said, this? Uh, Sheila. No, which group is this? An Aussie well, called you, Sheila. Not, what, what, Come what, on. It is an Aussie called Sheila. What, what kind an of Aussie training bloke. is it? Uh, you wouldn't be interested. Oh, okay, fine. You, um, anyway, he, he said he was planning to do a fast half marathon. Not um, not a course one, but he did it. And he got his distance wrong. So sent a message to the group saying, just completed it. Um, one hour thirty five minutes. Now I'm off to the to the um, beer shop. I finished at my local beer shop to go and buy some cans. Ooh, nice. Looked on Strava and he'd finished it dead on twenty one kilometers. Now a, a half marathon is twenty one kilometers and ninety seven point five meters. So he'd <sighs> so he'd stopped ninety seven and a half meters early. Post it on Strava. Smugly text the group that he's going to go and buy some beers for a job well done. And then while he was buying the beer, we were all leaning into him yeah. saying, you're 97 metres short, you idiot. Yeah, uh, not for me. <laughs> I've just finished with this email from uh, Sam French. He says, uh, hello, gents, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he's, he's he was writing during the Claremont-Leicester game. He said, thoroughly enjoying the start of the Tigers-Claremont game on my laptop in Madang, Papua New Guinea. Wow. Awesome. Uh, as wow. Claremont Ferrand were on the attack in the Tigers 22, Leicester infringed. So the referee, Andrew Brace, held his arm towards Claremont and announced, advantage, brilliant stuff. Then because he is such a great multilingual ref, (laughs) he announced in a perfect accent the French translation of avantage. Wow. A second later, thank goodness he did, Claremont would never have known what he meant. (laughs) There's no excuse not to be multilingual. No, there's absolutely not, is there? One of my favourite features of rugby punditry is when they... Uh, shower praise on an official for learning the second most populous language in in, in the world. <laughs> love it, love it. Any other business? Watched anything good on? Uh, I, I watched Boiling Point this morning. What I don't know what that is. Is, Steve, uh, is it a cooking show? It's, kinda. It's a film. Okay. It's a film on Netflix. Uh, Stephen Graham as a head chef. Oh really? But the I'm whole interested. one hour thirty four minute film is one shot. Wow. wow. One shot. It starts... Oh, I do know the one you're talking it about. It starts with him walking down the street. Yeah. And that one camera, with no edits, no cuts, does an hour and a half whole film in a restaurant. Wow. It's, it's pretty impressive from that point Wow. Of view. That's yeah. cool. Do, do you know what I watched a long, long time ago? And you've really got to buy, in, buy into this. I watched a BBC show, Storyville, and... <laughs> They were training, not pastry chefs per se, but chefs in France that deal with basically chocolate and sweets and whatnot. So doing the ribboning. Yeah. And I'm sure this uh, show is like two hours long. They, so you have like uh, patisserie, blangerie, uh, venice, uh, oh, what's it called? Viennissois? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what well, it the, is. Yeah, right? different rules for the different skills. Yeah, yeah. so in I don't know if this is actually true or not but it certainly said it on the show I don't know if they're making you know I don't know if they were sort of comparing it to this but this is definitely what they said 
in France, there's a few um, there's a few professions that you can't pretend to be. So you can't pretend to be a teach a teacher or a solicitor or a doctor. Presumably, policeman. Policeman would be one, obviously. Uh, maybe you can uh, pretend to be a teacher. I, I, I don't know, um, but. The one you're not allowed to fake having this like French flag around your collar, which means that you've got this qualification oh. in chefing, and it's very... stolen valor if you oh. put that on. Yeah. So you're watching this thing, and it's very dry and it's very dull to start with because everything is in French and it's all sub- it's all subtitled. And for two hours, you're watching these these grown men build chocolate sculptures, of which they don't even look particularly appetizing, <laughs> but they are incredible, and they're huge, and they get to the point where they've got to move them and a good percentage of these stru- of these structures just crumble and collapse. <laughs> and you've got the the chef crying, you've got the other chefs crying, you've got the judges crying, and then they're giving away the me- like the medals at the end. And somebody whose structure doesn't collapse, he's gone through the whole thing, doesn't win the medal, and you just you feel absolutely gutted for him. Like I've never been so emotionally attached to a bunch of people. But if you can find that Storyville episode, it's it's amazing TV. It's mm. amazing TV. The only other tip off I'd give is the the Ken Burns Muhammad Ali, Ali documentary. Really, oh. so much content now. I know. I like that. He's. Have you? Did, did you see the Ken Burns Vietnam one? Yeah, yes. incredible. I mean, I mean yeah. it's just like that is horrendous amazing. and amazing. But he's done a Muhammad yeah, Ali horrendous. Uh, Muhammad Ali one, which is immense. Um, there was another one I was going to. Yeah, here's a here's a weird one for you. Have I told you about the bomber do, do, documentary? Find it on YouTube. No, so is it gonna, called the bomber. No, so as, this is. A, I don't know why I'm telling you about documentaries. Documentaries with, with with sad endings, but this is the worst. Spoiler alert! This is the worst of the worst, right? So uh, it's, it's a phenomenal story. I was going down a YouTube rabbit hole and looking at World War Two bombers, as one does, and I ended up watching a program about a man trying to rescue a B twenty nine super fortress. So the Super Fortress has flown over the North Pole, this is the story, it's had to ditch because of engine problems or, or whatnot, and the extreme cold uh, and snow and whatnot has preserved this bomber in pretty much pristine uh, pristine con- con- condition. So they fly out, uh, this whole crew, uh, and they're going to restore the bomber where it sits, and then fly it back to America... And then sell it because it will be worth millions. Mm. I mean, God knows how much. I mean, mm. if you can buy a vintage Porsche for a couple of million, God knows what a B29 is worth. It's worth <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so they've got a wind of about know, three months where the snow is yeah. melting enough. Yeah, because you, you'll have the, the summer months. Um, yeah, basically yeah. 20, 24 hour light. Yeah, yeah. So they've got this, this little aircraft which is flying in all the parts. They've got a little crew. They've got limited um, limited money. They've got some wrenches. Um, they've somehow built these these uh, big jigs and you know they're sort of rigging to move the engines off the nacelles and they're messing around with it. And during the process, the the, uh, the pilot shove, um, sending things back and forth dies. Don't know how he dies. He gets ill and dies. So they replace him. They managed to get the thing started. They've ran. They've tested all the engines. The engines are working. The thing is airworthy. They've cleared the runway, and they are taxiing, and it hits a bump, and someone's not secured a can of diesel, which spills on the electrics. A diesel of all things spills on on the electrics, and starts a fire. Oh, and as gosh. it's on the runway, about to take off, after all this money, after a dead man, after fixing fixing the thing, finding it. Uh, just goes up in smoke, and now it's still there, and it's completely it's destroyed. Basically what, worthless. What was the? Did they capture 
the people involved face when this was happening. Yep. Uh, you, oh. You're watching this thing burn. You're like, what? What? what like, what's that smoke? What's that? And I had no idea what the ending to this thing was. I've never heard the story story before. I've watched the <clears> whole <throat> hour, and I was like, amazing. They're going to get the bomber to the UK. Uh, sorry, to the US. They're going to make millions. Incorrect. Oh, yeah. Heartbreaking. Don't watch it. it, it, it well, don't watch it because now you've now spoiled the stories for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and it'll make you cry. Yes. Uh, well, what would that? So. Phil can identify with how those people were feeling because it would have been comparable with his feelings on Saturday night. Oh, very much so. At the end of Ulster. Very much so. Heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, right, rattle through the fixtures then. What we got? Friday night, two games. We've got Bristol hosting Gloucester. Away win. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we will find out uh, apparently Tuesday or Wednesday this week about the outcome <laughs> of Gloucester-Worcester. Sure. Sure. The, we'll meet, the, the panel meeting on Tuesday. We'll see. Decision by Thursday was it? Was hopefully, that the, yeah? Hopefully. Anyway, but, we'll uh, I'll go for Bristol v Gloucester. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Ashton Gate. Give me uh, a, give me a away win. Away narrow away win. Gloucester to win. Then Newcastle versus Irish. Irish. Uh, home win. Yeah, Irish. Um, Dean Richards. Yeah, he's moving up. Is he moving up? higher. Moving up. Oh no no he's going to go he's, no he's going to change his role he's going to be a consultant. Okay. So I think it will be probably Dawson or Walder will take over. I don't well, know. How isn't Dawson in charge of North, North, Northampton? No, sorry, he's Northampton. Dawson. Uh Walder probably then. Yeah. Could be, could be John Wells. <laughs> who, know, who knows? Yeah. Be, uh, They've got Easter I, there as well. I just Nick Easter as well. Easter, I, yeah. I suspect it'll be promotion from within. Yeah. Dean Richards is staying around in a consultant capacity. Mm. He's very settled in the northeast. He's he's sixty years old, I think. Dean Richards. Yeah. Well, apologies if I got that wrong, Dean. I, I think I think he said he's fifty nine, but back, soon to turn sixty. It does feel like for all his success and all he's done well there, and he's had some good years and some bad. Uh, he is a bit of a roadblock to the other coaches which are there, particularly Walder. I think Walder's got a lot to offer, and at some point you're going to have Nick to Easter give as well. Could be could yeah. Be good. Well, both of them actually. Mm. You know, you got to give them. The opportunity to progress, or there being the rights to be sniffing around other jobs yeah. in the Premiership. So it might so. just be the natural. I might, yeah. might, I, I suspect it's not Dean Richards being nudged anywhere. It's him just going. Actually, do you know what? Yeah, well, you, know, yeah. you should have built up a nice pension by now if you need some yeah. assignment advice. He, lo- he loves, li- he loves living more, up there. More, he, loves his, he loves his motorbikes and tinkering with those. He loves living in the northeast. He's done very well in his career. Kind of like the hairy bikers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Saturday, we've got three games. We've got Bath hosting Northampton. Ooh. Away win. It's a tough one. I'll go away win. Quinn, Bath uh, hosting Northampton. Away, yeah, away. Quinn's hosting Leicester. Sorry, scratch up. Bath will win it. Bath winning. Bath win. Bigger could... Uh, yeah, Bigger got a red card, so yeah. you might have a ban. Ooh, yeah. Big Courts, nasty hand injury, apparently. Ah, that could change things. Mm. Yeah, I think Bath. I just think yeah, maybe well. if those two aren't playing... Give me Bath. And if a drummer was playing, definitely give me Bath. bath. Twice. Um, Quinns. Quinns Leicester. Now, these two are both mm. pretty secure for, mm. well, Leicester are definitely secure for the top um, top four. Quinns need to win it. Therefore, they probably they will. need to win it. It'd be helpful. It would be helpful, obviously. It would be helpful and it would, it would help, I mean, it would help them get top two, which means a home... Or if they so, if they have ambitions, so they'll be going for it, two. and they haven't got to worry. They can rest. They can go big for the next three weekends, knowing they've got got no Europe rest weeks coming up. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, 
What the heck? I'm going to go Quinns. Hmm. Quinns at home. Yeah. Then we have Wasps hosting Steve Diamond's Worcester, who may well have had some bad news about their, <laughs> we'll see. their previous fixture. We'll they may, may have had some good news. May have had some good news, yeah. But give me Wasps home win. Yeah, correct. And Sunday, this is a fixture. <laughs> what did we, I'll be at this one. We, we once dubbed them... What did we dub them? The uh, Cheat, sal- salary cheats, cheats. versus yeah. racist. Cheats, cheats versus, versus racist. What a classic! Not our, not our words, by the way. It was well, very much just, yeah, very totally much, in jest. It might have been our jest. words, but not not that's not what we are accusing either, these clubs of being. Although um, Saracens were obviously found guilty of cheat being cheats. And um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's as far as yeah. I'll go with that. Um, did you see? By the way, um, just moving on. It was on. I've seen separate pictures of it, but it was also on comms. Uh, Jack Noel. Yeah, in the full Munster kit. Yeah. With beers. Yeah. All I noticed all those extra players on a stag do, all left hand drinking. So was the stag do post game? No, during no, the game. During so, the so, game. so during the game they cut to the stand, <sighs> all the extra lads with beers, Jack Noel in full Munster regalia. I mean, it would be so much better if they won. If they won. I don't know why I feel uncomfortable with it. I I just do. So I, I also feel uncomfortable, and I. It won't have been Jack Knoll's idea. It's Jack Knoll's stag, actually. It's right? Jack Knoll's stag, so he doesn't really get a choice in doing. He, he can't. You can't really say no as the stag. You can't really say no to. I mean, there are certain things that you can say no to, but that's not really one of them. <laughs> no, you cannot. If they give you a monster shirt, you've got to wear the monster yeah. shirt. Yeah, I'm just as surprised that Chiefs allowed them to do it. I mean, obviously the playing squad weren't involved. And they're not going to well, care. So the, obviously not the players, but there were there were members of the current players. Like Sam Simmons was there. Yeah. Don Armand. I mean, I guess L- LCD. It's good well, to see uh, Dollars was there as well. Dollars was Dollar there. Yeah. Was, Do you know what? If Bath had done it, right, I would be, I'd be scathing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. Oh god. Or Bristol. Also. Oh my god! Imagine if Bristol had done it. Yeah, just Bristol. Uh, but Ex- Ex- Exeter did it, so that's fundamentally different. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> yeah. They know what they're doing, I would say. And part of that club, and it's not just you know a fly-by-night thing, the culture is going for a good drink. Mm. They know exactly how far to go, even if it's you know, maybe too far. Uh, but they know, you know, they know how to push things. That, that's, what bring, that's what brings them tight. It's not sort of a, a fringe group or a little clique which they've got. It's not a, you know, a, a new thing um, which they've started. But still, I mean, it's, it's right on the edge of acceptability for me. I, I did a little sharp intake of breath. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It is close to the bone. Especially, had they won, all fine. When when you lose, it's not a good look. Yeah, they've lost, haven't they? Uh, but what's the other side of this? I mean, the other side is, the players that didn't have to go to Munster went to Munster to watch their mates. And they had a free weekend. They didn't have That's to go. That's exactly what I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, good point. And also, I was going to say, you've got to love that this is an England international on the piss, on the telly, wearing the opposition kit. And is, yeah. I, I know a lot of people turn their nose up at the whole rugby values thing, but I just... Uh, I, I, like the, I like the... I like the feel for the sport that that would have displayed yeah. to any casual viewer. Like they'd, they'd have gone, you can imagine a football fan tuning into this. What? Yeah, He's doing Chris, what? Why is Cristiano Ronaldo in a Liverpool shirt? Yeah, <laughs> with his mates in the stands. Yeah, because the, the flip side is the Ellis Genge in the Umbro kit. 
understandably, people went, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But yeah. He's, on a, he's on a stag do, and he's in the crowd. Yeah, and he won't watch his mates. I mean, no ten- and I guess there's going to be a fair few stag do's from the extra area on um, on stag do's too. So, a few stag do's from the extra area in Munster too. Oh, so. well, that's one good thing to finish on, actually, um, because we got a, a little message uh, from someone who's on a stag do and heading to Manchester for it. Oh, lovely. Mm. Uh, AJ Bell stag do, help needed, from Mark Tyler. And Mark says he's a Gloucester fan, keeping his fingers crossed it's Gloucester's year. He lives in Bristol. He has a season ticket to the semi and lamb downfall show, which is not as bad, when you, which is not that bad when you aren't emotionally invested. Uh, back to the point I, I need help with. I'm organising a stag do for my best friend, also a JB in Manchester, on the Jubilee mm. weekend and getting tickets for Sharks v Bears. I've never visited the AJ Bell before. I'm a very conscious supporter who doesn't want to ruin the experience for kids and the old guard. With that in mind, where would you suggest getting tickets for 12 rugby lads? Do you know what I would do? And it's probably worth... I mean, if, if, if it's a stag do, the AJ Bell's a, it's much, much better than it was in the early days. The Shark Tank tent outside, I think it's the Shark Tank, or the Sharky tent, or whatever it is. Shark Tank. It's actually quite, quite, quite good for a few beers. You've got to accept it's not a town centre stadium, so you can't have all of the you know that, amenities. That's what I was saying. I was going to say, invest a bit of money. Don't bother with because uh, some people will go do the hospitality thing. Don't do that. Why oh, would you know? Oh, oh you're going to say do yeah, that? That's well, exactly okay. what I'd say. Well, I was going to say if you, one thing I would do is get your taxi booked or car or yeah. something booked for the, for your getaway. Yeah, around the corner from the stadium. Uh, they they booked, have because because you you could waste a lot of valuable stag do time. Getting away from that stadium. Yes. Yeah, that's a phenomenal point. Yeah, you go early so you avoid the traffic coming in. Yeah, either stay a bit early and a bit late, or do the hospitality and stay stay I longer. Tell you, I tell you what, though, the hospitality itself they've really worked. They've really worked on it now. So whether you'll get a table in time, I do not know. Uh, you might, you might be, you might be able to. The post game stuff is really, really good. These have entertainment on all the players. Come to the end. To come to, to the hospitality later. The owners will be down there. Um, I've never seen. I've never seen Sanderson in there actually, but he's taken over mostly during co- mostly ju- ju- during COVID. Uh, John Bentley will, uh, does the um, does the what do you call it? MC like the MCing, and he's very mm-hmm. very very funny. It's just a really good atmosphere that you can tell that they've put on a lot of. All right, okay, it. so that might be a shout. Um, yeah. If you leave it a bit longer, it'll be easier to get into town. Equally, there is now a tram from the Trafford Centre. There is, That's yeah. Quite, it's quite it's, hard it's a good. It's a good half an hour walk yeah. from the edge, but you yeah. can do it. You can you can walk, and then you've got getting early 20, 30 minutes on the tram. Leave late. That's what. Getting early, leave late, and recommendations for where to go in town. Ooh, now now we're talking. Uh, you, if if it ends in Mojo's, <laughs> that's a great shout. Winner. Uh, the, the, Winner. The, the, the awesome thing about Manchester and why I would recommend Manchester for any uh, rugby player wanting a new club is you get a good bang for your buck with the salary you'll get at Sale Sharks. Uh, but well, this is for anyone. The late bars is immense. Having been to Belfast, oh, everything don't shuts talk to me so early. Belfast. Yeah, everything shuts so early. Apart from the, I remember being in the, the so garage. garage. Yeah, a garage. Someone's garage. Jeffrey's garage thing. It might have. It, it might have been an actual garage. Yeah, uh, that's the only thing people would. Yeah, Belfast is a joke for nightlife. It, Absolute joke. It, it's fun for like it's fun until like eleven, and then it's just and then it's all right to one. I'm not I'm not queuing and paying to get in places. I'm not doing no. that anymore. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. Manchester is good. I, 
Do you know, like, the way that Michelin started rating restaurants and now everyone goes on about, you know, Michelin style restaurants? Mojos should do this for bars, like, late night bars. Mojo bars. Yeah, so, like, if you've got, like, three Mojo ra- uh, three Mojo rating <laughs> and you could just get a little guide and you could go around all the bars, that, that's what they should do. In fact, we should do that. <laughs> so, get you, so, lads, get yourselves to... Uh, on, on a run of bars around the northern quarter. Yeah, and then yeah, and massively. then And then trot on to Mojo's. Yeah, yeah Mo- Mojo's obviously spinning fields. Crazy Pedro's in the spinning fields. Some good bars around there. Crazy Pedro's in the Neath Mojo's is also a great shout. Yeah, Crazy Pedro's, <laughs> great shout. Love it. Yeah, there. just across the road. And uh, make sure Massive you pizza. come say hello to JB at the Sale uh, Bears game. There's no doubt you'll be I'll there. I'll be there if, if if they let me in. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be there. <laughs> right, we're done. Beautiful. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. 